Welcome everybody to the Spawn of Me Podcast. I'm your host, Kali Adams. This is episode 179 of our show. I'm joined this week and every week with my man, my mellow, the smooth kind of fellow, the man who has kicked Phil Jackson out of the Knicks, Cicero Holmes. How are you, sir? Hey, look, man, you know, there's there can only be a few deplorable things from New York in that America can stand. And I was able to get one of those things out of New York. Nice. America, I need your help with the other two. Um, there, there is too much work for even this man to handle. But I've done, I've done the first part. America, I need your help with the rest of it. So, I, I mean, it I sounds like you're running for president or something. Yeah, hey, I was man, say, you just knocked out your campaign speech. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Let's make the Knicks great again. Um, <laughs> 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 we, already, we already got one step down. Now right. we have one more step to go. Uh, my other man, my mellow, the smooth kind of fellow, the man who makes science look good, who makes math look good, who makes STEM look good, who makes mini froze look good, who makes tutoring look good. It is Sharif Jackson of SharifJackson.com. How are you, sir? Good. I'm doing good, man. Doing very, very well. Obviously, the good news about the Knicks. Um, you know, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in a pretty upbeat mood. So re- ready to talk some games. Some games, some games, some games. So thank you, everybody, who listened to last week's show. Uh, we had a fun time bringing you the fireside chats uh, from GDC this past year. Uh, not this past year, from earlier this year. Um, it <laughs> seems like it was still, last year. Isn't that still this past year? Isn't that like the current year this past year? I don't 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 no. you start doing some Bioshock Infinite time right. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Semantics. <laughs> it's way too early in the morning. Don't you do this to me. Um, uh, so thank you to everyone who who checked that out. And again, shout out to to Craig Campbell, to Gordon Bellamy, to uh, uh, Tanya to pass, and to Tramel Isaac uh, for for being part of that. Thanks to Xbox for letting me host it, and thank you to the Blacks and Gaming crew uh, for letting me be a part of that. Uh, we will be getting into, like I said in the end of that episode, some E three wrap up stuff because we didn't really get a chance to do that. So we'll do that in a future episode coming up soon. Um, but this episode, we get to talk about. Something that I got a chance to check out at E3, that we got a chance to check out at E3, Sea of Thieves, which was honestly one of my surprise games of the show. Uh, one of the things that I got to check out that I really was left with uh, after the show and was asking everybody I knew who went to the event um, about and, you know, what their feelings were about uh, the game and how it played and, you know, what they what they thought of everything that went down. Uh, we have two of the folks from the team, Joe Neat. And Mike Chapman, executive producer and design director, thank you so much for coming on Spawn on Me and hanging out with us uh, this this evening for you and this morning for us. Thank you so much for coming and hanging out. Thanks for having us. Yeah, absolute pleasure. Great to talk to you guys. Yeah, really disappointed about the Knicks, though. Like, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. You you know, I know you guys are big basketball fans. I feel like now this is we're talking about we're talking about a pirate game that we need to like commiserate over some 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 grog or something yeah, to that effect. Well, yeah. Exactly. Um, it's I always mean, five p.m. somewhere, right? That's the yeah, thing. Right, oh, yeah, exactly. Seriously. Exactly. That's the excuse. Well, I, I, I will say that the Knicks management definitely is hatched. <laughs> So, <laughs> <laughs> from in the break. <laughs> uh, so now that so now that you've come back from E3, you've taken all your vitamin C as you need to fight off scurvy and the plague. How 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 are you both feeling about you know your experience at E3 and and, and talk about you know a little bit about kind of the reception to the game uh, at the show and, and everything? Yeah, I think it's 
like it's always great to show off the game always great to get it into real players hands and i think there's just something really special about a show at e3 obviously this year having more kind of like real players there and just the getting to show the game off especially the things that we showed off for the first time like uh air quests the storms these more of these elements that can make your session feel unique when you play Mm. like getting that into players hands seeing people play on the show floor just the buzz of that event and just seeing the delight on people's faces hearing the 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 hollering and the laughter that comes from the booth (laughs) it's just it's absolutely intoxicating and it's it's something we always try to do right we always try to take out as many people as we can and yeah. take a different mix of people across the team because like as, as we were chatting at the start like the the buzz that you bring back from a show it is so infectious and it, right. it kind of it carries you it makes you more passionate it makes you, makes you want to go even further um, with kind of like you know going the extra mile with features so just yeah, I'm still in the post E3 buzz at the moment. Yeah. yeah. Well, we took about 25 people from the team across. Nice. And um yeah, like mm-hmm. uh, you know, across engineering, community, mm. art, design, like everything. And yeah, like you just at the end of the the end of the week, we kind of took everyone out for a dinner on the Thursday night down in Santa Monica, a lovely part of uh, um of California and just kind of gave a little speech right about mm. like savor this and take it back and like bottle the feeling you get from all of these people playing the game and all of the people kind of talking to you and and asking questions about it and being excited and sharing their stories with you try and take it back to the studio try and kind of get everyone else to know this right it's um yeah it's it's an incredible like it's it's a highlight of the year i think every year for for for, for us right but um uh it's yeah Uh, awesome awesome um so for our listeners that might not be as familiar with the game as we are can you can you give sort of a short summary of uh, what it is and uh, what's cool about it yeah well best way to kind of sum it up is this is the the pirate game you've always wanted i mean that's the kind of the (laughs) the line that we use in all our interviews but it's uh it's essentially a like this pirate world where all of these kind of pirate fantasies that you can imagine you know we've all kind of grown up we've we've seen peter pan we've seen hook we've watched the goonies you've everyone's got an idea of what a pirate can do in a pirate world so it's kind of offering players the chance to live out their pirate fantasy, but not only that, you know, you, it's a, it's this multiplayer experience where you get to share it with your friends. You know, you know, being on a crew with other players, cooperating to sail that ship, go on these adventures, have all this, you know, this fun of sharing grog and playing instruments together. But the the, you know, the magic of our game, the thing that makes it so special, is the fact that you're you're doing that, you're having these great adventures with your friends, but you're doing it in a shared world. So. Mm-hmm. Other people are out there living their pirate fantasies, hanging with their friends. And when ships meet each other in the world, you've got all these possibilities that can happen. Like all these, these multitude of like different experiences you can have when people have got different motivations meeting in this shared world. And it's, yeah, it's that magic that makes Sea of Thieves so special. And it, that's the kind of thing that, you know, it's great to see resonate with people when they do finally get a chance to play it. It's kind of, it's, it's one thing to kind of hear that, hear that kind of elevator pitch of what Sea of Thieves is. But then when you play it and you feel it for yourself, it's just this electrifying experience where every session, every quest you go on plays out differently. Yeah, yeah, everyone everyone has a different story. And I'm sure yeah. you guys got to play it. See, if you've probably got these memorable moments that happened to you. But then when you talk to someone else that played it, that something completely yeah. different happens, yeah. right? Yeah. And, mm-hmm. um, and we love hearing these stories as much as anyone um, because there's so many things that happen to players. We've played the game tons, right? Yeah. And as it's grown and as we've added stuff. But 
you, you see more and more of these, oh wow, I didn't even think yeah. about that as a yeah. possibility. And um, and I think as we grow the game and we add more to it and we enrich in our quests and the, the world and the creatures and, and kind of add all the progression stuff into it that we're working on at the moment, like it's just gonna get richer. And like when we eventually lift the NDA and allow people to start streaming, creating videos and, and stuff, like it's gonna be amazing to kind of just see the creativity of players and, the, and what happens to players in this world. So uh, E3 was an interesting bag, um, I think, because, you know, you guys came out on Sunday uh, and and you had a, a brilliant performance on the uh, on the Microsoft stage. Mm. And it was just so much fun. And <laughs> then Monday, Ubisoft announced both Assassin's <laughs> Creed, uh, you know, Assassin's Creed Origin, where a big portion of that game has you. Um, you know, riding the waves on the Nile and other various places. But then, of course, Skull and Bones. Did you guys feel like, did you feel uh, emboldened to, to, to feel like, oh, wow, we've started a trend? Or did you feel like, was it, you know, was there a holy shit moment? Now we've got all this competition in this space that we thought we pretty much owned, you know, all our own? Or, or, or are you happy to see that other people are doing, uh, you know, are involving themselves in massively multiplayer pirate games um, so that people can really start to experience the, uh, start to experience all of the, the greatness that is seafaring, multiplayer seafaring, uh, just hijinks and shenanigans. Yeah, I mean, I think as, as players ourselves, I think we're just happy that you know, someone else is making pirate games. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think there's just been like what a rich like world and a setting to have you know have a game around. Like it's just great to see that there's more pirate games, and you know, I think during the show, obviously we've always got our heads down. It's really hard to kind of catch up with it, but since we've got back and we've been able to kind of catch up with what the game is, I think yeah, I mean, I think. What air experiences? I think that even the flavor of the game is very different. Tonally, it's different. But I think what we're, even though the rappers are similar, what we're setting out to do is quite distinct in yeah. terms of this is a game where we want you to have memorable adventures that you recount afterwards. It's a game that's going to play differently each time. It's, it's not just the fantasy of being in a ship um, with a crew. It's getting off the ship. It's exploring the island. It's right. having these adventures. It's solving riddles. It's having all of those pirate tropes of diving below the waves. You know, being being on the world map together un- under the deck, sharing those intimate moments. That's 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 what's quite it's, unique about our experience. Well, I think. I think even if you take away the wrapper, like if you if you take away pirates as a theme. Um, right. Before we even chose Pirates as a theme for Sea of Thieves, um, our kind of pitch for the game and our original idea was um, the pitch deck, like black and white PowerPoint, nothing pretty, um, was called Players Creating Stories Together. And the, but it was oh, rolls like, right off the tongue. Yeah, but this was but genuinely that like I've still got this. I've still got the deck right, and um, it was about creating this experience where we could put a group of players in a small group of players um, that would work together kind of cooperatively um, and we'd, we'd put them in a world they kind of understood. That mm. was always our vision. We yes. wanted players to naturally just be able to go into this world and understand what they wanted to do in there, what their kind of goals would be, the objects and everything that they'd interact with. But we wanted something that 
kind of encouraged players to play cooperatively but had room for competition and, and with those two things in mind that would lead to the opportunities for really interesting stories and so we then looked at a range of potential themes right we had yeah. at one point we had about seven what we call one sheets um, on the wall which was kind of an image uh, you know a theme and, and a few kind of key bullet points about what this experience would be and when we looked at that we looked at pirates and it just made sense right it was like what you when you look at a pirate game, you kind of know what, what kind of pirate you want to be, yeah. what kind of things you're going to go and undertake in that world. Again, from reading books, from seeing films, yeah. the TV shows. It's a um, playground game, right? It's yeah. like, like for many kids, you've played pirates in the playground at school. It's like it's such... You just fundamentally understand what you do, as yeah. Joe says, what you'd care about, like how you'd role play in this world. Yeah, and then <laughs> and you put players on a ship together... And like, and we purposely don't have like this elongated tutorial or anything. We put people right. on a ship in this world, and you figure it out. You figure out that, uh, well, how do we get the ship moving, right? You know, it's not like there isn't a brake, but there is an anchor, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and then it's like, okay, how do we, how do we get it moving? Okay, the sails, maybe. Okay, cool. And and you st you start working it out together, and and in, because it's a natural thing, because it's how things work in the real world, and and then you're like, okay, what are we going to do? Are we going to go and do we want to go and sink another ship, or do we want to go and take on this map that we've got and and go and get treasure, and then kind of progress? It's we, so we always had like that vision and then pirates just fitted perfectly on it because what better way to kind of encourage cooperation than putting people on a ship together um, but then that the, by putting it into a world with other players on other ships on their own adventures you get that room for competition and that room for interesting stories and so and I think what's so special about this game is because of that because of the way every adventure is different. And because we put in crazy mechanics like firing yourself out of cannons, <laughs> um, <laughs> you're going to get... It's going to be so watchable and shareable. It's a phrase we always use, right? Mm. Watchable and shareable. But, um, and in, in an age where today players love to share their stories with others. And when we first pitched mm. this game, it was kind of... It was growing, but it wasn't yeah. crazy. Like no. YouTube was pretty popular and, and Twitch, I think, had just started or was like in its kind of infancy. But we kind of... We, we wanted to create an experience that players would have these stories that they want to share and back in the day it was we'd be sharing them like this or we'd be around the kind of water cooler at work but mm. now now for a lot of people like sharing your stories and sharing what you're doing is as much a part of doing it as as, as playing the game itself right with yeah. twitch with mixer with youtube and um and so that's why our game is going to be so special and why it is already so special yeah. um and and i think that's like and i regardless of theme across any games that are out there and I've been looking out since like last year's E3 when we kind of first showed gameplay and, and mm. everybody at E3 was like oh wow this game's going to be amazing for streamers and creators I haven't seen any game mm. that is, is going after the same thing with the same kind of vision and the same kind of passion and the same kind of opportunity that, that we are and so you know it, it kind of doesn't matter whether it's pirate themed or not I haven't seen any game that's going after the same kind of mm. thing with the same kind of vision and I, th and I believe the same kind of opportunity yeah, one of, one of the cool things that I really loved about the time that I had with the game was that it made me feel like I was in the Goonies. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like that childhood feeling of like, we're all going to kind of get together. We're going to get on our ship. Yeah. We're going to figure out where we're going to go. Uh, we're going to go take take off and then, and then find out what the adventures will yeah. be when we get there. The, the thing that I always um, uh, uh, kind of took away was just like what you said, Joe, is like the, the ability to kind of talk about the stories afterward. Mm. Um, and I was asking people in the in the in the showcase and then afterwards, folks that I actually know that I was like, what did you do next? What did what happened to you? What was the thing that you remembered about that next experience that you had? What are, what are some of the things that you want 
um, players, not not want players to do, but you know, how do you kind of figure out um, how to craft a story that gives them gives the player the ability to have that kind of open world feel, but also not kind of leave them astray so that you're not just like literally running into the Bermuda Triangle yeah. <laughs> in, in, in the part of whatever part of the map that you're that you're going to, and you feel like you're not getting the 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 kind of one-off experiences that you feel like you need to have to to kind of push push the kind of um, uh, idea through uh, to fruition. Okay, so just quickly, I'll, I'll let Mike answer that question mm-hmm. from a design perspective. Yeah. Um, but just on the on the subject of the Goonies, um, we're obviously big big fans of the Goonies. <laughs> just and, um, a little. So in our original pitch <laughs> document, um, that was one of the pillars. Right? It was. was was the it Goonies was. because it's, oh, a, it's, it's the camaraderie of a group of friends going on an adventure together in a kind of slightly dangerous world, but they've got each other's backs. They're going to have fun. There's going to be laughter. The tone of it is bang on. Yep. And we even took our team, so the entire studio, <laughs> we hired out a local cinema um, uh, and <laughs> took them to go and see the Goonies with a bunch nice. of pirate-themed cocktails and and everything. Um, nice and. It's kind of the sp- not just the spirit of the game, but it's the spirit of the team and the studio. It's like we're it's a group of friends going on an adventure and and like making this game, right? And with it's there's going to be danger along the way, and you know there'll be missteps and there'll be challenges, and mm. but but the kind of prize at the end is delivering this game to players. Mm. And so yeah, the Goonies. It's really funny that you mentioned that because that has been literally like Mike wore a Goonies T-shirt during uh, one of the days at E3. <laughs> I had to. Yeah, I, do, I just had to. Yeah. And that, I think Craig wore one last year. He at, did uh, on E3 on, stage, on E3 yeah, stage, stage, right? And but yeah, you're, you're bang on, right? It's like it's been at, at the heart. I think of <laughs> it's just a great film. But I'll let Mike jump into the yeah. I mean, even even kind of the features that we you know players were playing at E3 and were playing in a technical alpha. You know, you had things in there like. You had shipwrecks, you had storms, you had riddle quests. You know, you've got barrels where you can find resources, you've got skeletons. And even, like you say, speaking to people at E3, like, not everyone saw that shipwreck. Like, yeah, yeah. Not everyone would have sailed through a storm. Not everyone would have solved a riddle. It's like our game is this mix of these kind of opportunities and things that can surprise you in the world. At the same time, you've got kind of structured motivations and quests to pursue. So... Mm. The, although the start and the end are kind of that point of consistency. It's like, I'm going to come into the game, I'm going to enter Sea of Thieves, and I'm going to do Thing X. And as, as a, like you said, you know, we've, we've got our friends, we're all united behind that common cause. We've got a ship, we've got the tools to go do it. But it's about the journey, the bits that happen in between. You know, when you have all that, that richness to the world and those features that can surprise you, that's where you do get those water cooler moments. So players are... Although they're ultimately aspiring um, to go on the, you know, to, to go down the progression path they want, to, fo- to follow the quest they want to follow, the journey in between is where the richness happens. That's where everyone's journey is different. And that's kind of the thing that, you know, seems to be landing with people, that people are coming out of those sessions and they're saying, oh, my God, I saw a shipwreck, did you? Like, no, we, we <laughs> sailed through a storm and we got struck by lightning and someone fell off the ship and had to fight a shark. It's, <laughs> it's, it's that kind of thing where when you've got enough of that richness in the world, the, the sessions play out differently, yeah. very memorably. So, I mean, you yeah. want to tell that story because you feel like it's only ever happened to you in that combination. Yeah, and, and mm. multiple people we spoke to at E3, because like every single interview we had in our behind closed doors kind of area at E3, we'd start it by asking, hey, what was your mm. most memorable moment? What was your memorable story? And, and quite a few people were like, well, 
like we played for like half an hour and we failed repeatedly. Um, like we <laughs> took us 15 minutes to get the boat going. And then when we did, like <laughs> we p- pulled the sails down. We didn't see the rock in front of us. We hit the rock. We didn't know to bail it out. Then we like, uh, and all this stuff. But they were like, but it was brilliant. Like, <laughs> like we failed mm-hmm. repeatedly, but it was so much fun. And because it's, it's, it's all within your control. It's all within your hands. Yeah. But um, like, I think it's, it's one of those games where Yes, you want to progress, and yes, you want to succeed, but you can have fun even when you don't. Yes, like, it's not mm. like like because it's part of the story. It's part of the memory of the stuff that happened to you, right? And um, and it's always it feels like it's in your control, or it's something you did, right? It's like mm. um, uh, and I, and I I think that's what's again really special about it. Um, it's you can have an amazing session where you do not progress at all, you don't earn any gold, but you come away smiling and laughing and and. <laughs> Having and you know, having such great stories, right? Um, yeah. I, like that's that's quite unique, right? I don't. If I go and play a first-person shooter online in a competitive environment, if I get completely nailed and like you know, a, um, a kind of kill death zero seventeen or something, like that's, <laughs> not, like that's probably not the most fun session I've ever had. Um, right. But um, it's like th- there's something really unique, I think, about it. About just yeah, whatever happens you come away smiling and laughing. Yeah, and bringing it back to the Goonies because, you know, who can resist? <laughs> you know, I, lo- I, lo- I love the way like, you guys described it, which is, you know, we've got a bunch of friends. We've, we're going to have this adventure. We've got the tools to do it. We're in this world. I think like, you're going to enter Sea of Thieves and no matter what you do, you're going to have an adventure. You just don't know what it's going to be. And yeah. I think that's mm. just something so easy to understand. And, you know, we can talk about, yeah, there's this many shipwrecks, there's this many stuff, or wh- whatever the way we balanced it. It's just like playing it it's that's the magic of you're going to have things you never expected and yeah. you're going to take that away and you're going to want to shout about it so so so, so yeah so, so we've talked a lot about sort of like the shared world you know and and um p- playing with friends mm. one thing that i think a lot of other share world games have consistently had a not a struggle with but definitely a conversation about is supporting either newer players that don't have a friend yeah. a a base of like friends or like people that do have friends, but they kind of want to reduce, you know, trolling and like yeah. uh, that kind of yeah. stuff of, you know, um, and we've seen that, you know, in like a lot of the big, big uh, share world games out now. So um, what are you guys plans, I guess, to, um, if you have them at all, I guess at, at this point to support sort of um, either a player that like doesn't have a, a, a uh, friend base and wants to uh, get in, on this game as well as like uh, people that you know w- want to make sure that like uh, they're not coming across too much kind of negativity in the shared space i think the i mean it, it sounds it sounds fiercely ambitious but i truly believe it like this this game being someone's first multiplayer experience first let alone shared world game you know the fact that you might see sea of thieves see the art see the trailer you know get get swept away in that pirate fantasy that promise of this adventure experience you know dip your toe in you know we've we've said got kind of i guess we've confirmed now you know we're going to have a small ship in the game you know players yeah. you know coming into the game but maybe choosing exclusively to play that way yeah. but the same solo play in a shared world is kind yeah, of the phrase we use exactly right? so you're, you're always kind of in that shared world but you know you're you're not in a crew you've got your own ship you know mm-hmm. you're choosing the quest you want to go and you're making your own destiny but you're still going to come across other crews in the world, whether that's you know seeing a, a larger ship or another small ship on the horizon, or you know as you've seen the mechanic when you when you do die, you go to a ghost ship and there's the right. ghost ship is shared, so you could huh. strike up a conversation with another dead player who you didn't even know was in the world. He was out there over the horizon having an adventure, never right, met him before. In by a shark, yeah. in by a shark. <laughs> you hit it off. Like, how did you die? Well, I got in by a shark. I, you know, 
I fell off the ship or I died from firing myself out of a cannon. It's that icebreaker that can happen. Yeah. And, at the, and also just at the same time, like, we feel really good about the decisions we've made about trying to, trying to incentivize players to work together. I think really mm. safeguarding that crew relationship where you know, if you are in that pirate group, crew, you are all pulling in the same direction. You know, we, you know, we're choosing our quests. And even though like, we're going to take the progress away and benefit individually, I can't really get there without, it, without you guys. I need you to sail the ship. I need you to mm. protect me while I'm carrying the chest. I need you to watch the horizon for other ships out there. So right. it's and like and, and when you, rewards are shared. Exactly. Right? So when you when when you yeah, exactly. So when you get that chest back, we all share in the reward. And then what I do with that reward individually is up to me, but you know, I needed you guys along the way to do it. So Right. At the same time, you know, there still be decisions we want to make to handle the worst of cases. I mean, you're always, you're, sadly, you're always going to get the people that, you know, their their life's mission is to destroy the fun for everybody else. Right. <laughs> so, right. so we know we're going to need to do things there, and we we, we we've got plans that we want for what we want to do there, and we want to we want to do that in a quintessentially Sea of Thieves way that suits the tone of our yeah. world. But I think I think the kind of like, like, like you talk about about when games come out, and you know, uh, there's an influx of players into the game. Um, like, we're already testing our game with real players, mm. and have been since December. So mm-hmm. we've been running our insider program since December, and as part of that, we have our technical alpha phase of the game. And so we started with a thousand players, uh, and we're up to about seventy-five thousand invited to the alpha now. And what we're doing with with players is we're testing all of this stuff out with them. So we test how players cooperate around the ship, how they yeah. work with each other. Do people kind of are there are there instances where people are kind of having issues in the game and like, they report it to us. It's like when we first put the chest in the game, so the treasure chest that you could dig up, it's a physical mm-hmm. object that you can take around. You have to, once you've dug it up, it's at risk, right? And you have to, as a crew, get it back to, a, um, to an outpost and cash it in. And so when we put that in, we were really interested to see, like, how is this going to go with real players? You know, are, are people just going to be stealing stuff off each other all the time? And is it going to be really negative that people are like, oh, my progress has been taken during this session? But mm. when we put it in, like the telemetry told us about 5% of chests that are cashed in are stolen. And so it's not happening that often. And it's only, you know, for some players that really want to go and do it and they get the opportunity to, because it's still hard to do it. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and, and it's, and it's gone down really well with our player base. No one's been like, Oh, this keeps happening to me and it's too negative And I've lost mm-hmm. stuff. And so, and so it works great. And so we had a theory, we had a plan and we tested it mm-hmm. and, and we're going to continue doing that until, you know, like we've, um, our game we, we announced on the stage like early 2018 when we want to bring that out. Um, but we're going to be continually testing this and continually growing our audience um, throughout the next, um, throughout this year and into early next year. And then beyond that, as we add more things into the game, we'll be testing it too. But we purposefully um, s- set up this alpha program so that we could, so we could start testing features like that, but also that we could start building a really engaged, really knowledgeable and really positive community. And, mm. and, and because it's super important for a game like this, right, is that when new players come in, that there are people there to welcome them, to help them, to support them, and to, um, uh, and to kind of l- let them know how to play and to get them to behave in the right way. And mm. like our, so our forums are um, a really positive, really kind of active place. And it's, it's kind of, it's, it blows my mind a little bit. We set out <laughs> with this vision to do it, but we now have this really positive, really engaged community that... Um, and our game's not out yet, but they, it already exists, and it's a new IP, right? <laughs> and they're all of these new players we've got from all over the world that have been excited about our game, have come into our alpha, and have stuck around. And 
they, they've written their own code for the forums about how people behave on the forums. So you're, That's you're awesome. Yeah, so you're not even allowed to swear. And I've, I've been moderated twice by our own uh, <laughs> community moderators um, for swearing on the forums um, because I get a little excited about posts. And, uh, and, um, and we've just, we actually, we have this thing we call hot topics with our forums that we post that we w love their opinion and feedback on. And we posted one yesterday about our pirate's code. And we want to have a pirate's code with our community, with our player base, of, about how players should behave both out of game in the forums in the community, but also in game. And so right now they're posting their suggestions about how people should behave, how like, and what's acceptable, what isn't, and and you know we're gonna we're, we'll hold ourselves and our player base and everything to account for this because like it's it's a soundbite we used a lot at E3 and it's a phrase that we like we feel really good about. Mike talked about it, like being someone's first multiplayer game, but we want to make the most fun and welcoming multiplayer experience ever. Like that is truly our goal and. Like, we've we've put so many things into the game to try and encourage this. Like Mike talked about, the encouraging players to cooperate. So you know you can't kill each other when you're in a crew. The, the bond is sacred between players. The reward, oh, okay. the, yeah, the rewards are shared. So like, there's no incentive at all to kind of to be a dick. Because if you put things in there that <laughs> allow players to be dicks, they'll you know some of them will be dicks, right? right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so uh, and so we've been like, no, let's not do that. Like let's 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 mm. like. And, but that competition between crews, when you encounter other crews in the world, that feels okay. That feels okay if I if I was to meet up with like if me and Mike were in a crew and you guys were in a crew and we met up and we had a fragile alliance yeah. and we kind of said, yeah. hey, let's work together to go and do this thing, take down this right. creature. And th but then if it all kind of goes to crap at the end <laughs> and 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 you guys <laughs> turned around and stole stole the, mm. the kind of gold and ran off with it, I'd be like. Yeah, it's pirates. It's <laughs> <laughs> but but it's not it's not okay when it's me and Mike have been playing together for ages and and then so, and you know we've been cooperating building this bond um like and then and then it and then it goes bad. Like that's yeah. not okay. But what is okay I think is the, is is with those other people that you encounter on adventures. That that kind of fits with the the theme and with the kind of the spirit of the game yeah. and the spirit of the world. Mm. Um so you know we are like there's, there's so many different ways I could go and talk about the subject. Like I think one of the questions was around how do players who maybe don't play multiplayer or don't have friends online and all this kind of stuff. And we actively encourage people to make friends in our game. The, the, the ghost ship, right, which is the, you know, a, a waiting room for dead people, was, <laughs> was kind of inspired by Beetlejuice. Um, you know Beetlejuice? Oh, <laughs> that's great. Yeah. Um, I love it. Like of the, the people that they die and they go to the waiting room and they have to kind of wait. But we, we put that in there to try and encourage people to make friends. So you can't yeah. hurt each other on the ghost ship. Like, and oh, that's so good. Yeah, and, and the first Tech Alpha session we ever had, when we had our first thousand players invited, like we were following kind of the stories on the forums as they were being posted. And there was, there was, a, there was a guy whose gamertag was Almighty Jesus, I think. Um, <laughs> uh, but he, po he, he went and posted in our forums going, like, hey, we just had this amazing ship battle and, and I met you on the kind of um, the ghost ship and I, I, I got part of your game attack. It was Jedi something. And like, um, like, uh, like let's make friends. I'm trying to find you. Like, um, and, and the guy came in and posted. Like, hey, that was me. That was amazing. And so we had <laughs> oh, cool. that design around the kind of ghost ship itself of trying to encourage people to make friends. And, and it happened with even just with two players and we were just like, I think that was a week, a week after we toggled yeah. it on for players. Yes. Well, it was, it was almost in the, immediately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And, it was um, like design, design achieved. Yes. Yeah. And so, but it's even encouraged, like, because we look at our stats, we look at our telemetry, and we know that if you're playing with friends, um, you're, you play for longer and you're more likely to return. Like, mm -hmm. it's like, you know, we had our assumptions around it, and, and I think it's a, a big part of why Destiny was so successful, right? It's like right. it's that mm. thing you come together and you play mm -hmm. together. Um, but we, we looked at our telemetry, and so we're looking at 
how can we encourage people to, to be friends in our game? And so, you know, we're going to be like putting in a salute in game. Mm -hmm. So if I if I salute and you salute, um, it will just pop up the kind of the add friends kind of blade from the. From oh, the that's so oh, cool. cool. Yeah. And I love that. But it's just like trying to encourage fun ways for people to make friends. Yeah. But um, like, again, looking at our stats in our in our alpha, we've like there's three. I've, I know the top three people that have started playing Sea of Thieves. I think one of them is Blondie, but geeky, who's like a um, a real kind of Xbox super fan. She's she's <laughs> awesome. And um, but since she's joined the alpha like three or four months ago, she's made 42 new, new friends playing Sea of Thieves. Nice. Um, wow. Yeah, and then someone else was at 39 and someone else was at 36. And it's like, it's one of those experiences because the way the game bonds you together as a crew, like the way it encourages you to work together, the way you can play instruments and drink together yeah. and all this, and you yep. have this really fun laughter and, and stuff, you kind of end up bonding as players. And, um, and so we're seeing that already, that like you, even if you don't have friends in Sea of Thieves, you come in and you make... Yeah. And we want to do more and more to encourage that. Nice, nice. So uh, I've got two very serious questions, guys. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. No, no laughing. This is these are serious. Oh. So, so. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm there. I'm in the zone now. I can't, I can't not laugh after you said this. <laughs> so uh, the first is September nineteenth. You guys, do you Talk guys? Like a pirate, yes, yeah. exactly. So are you, you guys are ready to? To have stuff set up within the game, even even in alpha pre-release yep. stage, so there's there are things happening. I'm like I'm sure we will be running some kind of campaign during that time. Like we we ran a campaign during E3, um, right. which mm. we actually released a series of riddle quests to the community during. So the play, we were at E3, you know, playing with you guys and everything. Right. But back home, thousands of players had riddles released specifically to them in our forums, which then um, really complex that Mike wrote. And that directed them to places in the world where there was a secret stash of hidden treasure. And nice. whoever got there first got a big bag of kind of rare and Sea of Thieves goodies. So every wow. day. Oh, um, so, oh, cool. so we're already doing it. Like you say, we're already doing it in the alpha. And, and Talk Like a Pirate Day seems like a, like a huge perfect, opportunity to do something fun, doesn't it? Right. Okay. Now, <laughs> so now the second, second question has, has a little less uh, levity to it. But um, I am a huge fan of Frontier Development's Elite Dangerous. Um, a, a fantastic game, um, uh, you know. It's kind of like being a pirate in the future, right? Where <laughs> where your sea <laughs> yeah. is the space, yeah, uh, yeah. the space as as one is wont to call it. Back um, of the box quote, exactly. So uh, our, I, our I, water looks better than their space, though, right? All right, yeah. yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, David Braden's apologies, behind frontier people. <laughs> so, um, so Their cockpits I, are beautiful, though. Right. We'll give so, them that. So I, I absolutely adore the game. Yeah. Um, if, there is, if there is a criticism that I have for the game is the monotony of mm. the grind and, and or just the vastness of space. Um, mm. You know, I know that definitely Sea of Thieves is is a more arcadey take on on the sea and on ocean space mm. but as as the game grows and as you get more islands the amount of space that that people are going to be able to cover will be you know much much greater i think how have you guys given much thought to how to keep uh, the game fresh. How to keep that? Uh, to coin a phrase from the three four three guys, the uh, the thirty seconds of fun. Mm. How to how to keep that um, going as the game be 
begins to grow as it gets a little long in the tooth? Yeah. I mean, that's funny you ask that because we put a <laughs> hell of a lot of thought into that. And like, just think of the first, like the like Sea of Thieves, Shared World. The absolute yeah. core of that is seeing other people and the presence of other crews in the world. And that is, it's directly related to where players start, how they can come together, the size of that world, how many ships can come together at one point. Like the, right. the frequency of encounter has a direct result on kind of your overall takeaway from that play session, right? So just seeing another ship doesn't necessarily mean you're engaging them in combat or you're right. drinking grog with them or playing instruments with them or whatever. Just actually seeing a ship is this electrifying moment. So one of the things we've put, like, I mean, so much thought into is, like, like density of islands, the density of ship encounters, the right. density of elements like storms and shipwrecks. Because, you know, we, the, we've got a pretty good idea of, you know, what we think like, that optimal number of encounters is. And we did a lot of work recently on particularly the ship encounters. I mean, the beauty of running this technical alpha is that we can see the data coming back from these sessions and validate things that without real players we just wouldn't be able to do. So one of the tests we had was, like, how long does it take to encounter another ship in our world? Like, you know, we don't handhold mm. people. They've got quests. They kind of do what they want. They've got this freedom. But based on where we start players and the world size, how often do they come across each other? So we went in there with a, like an assumption of what we thought was a good number. So we, we ran the data based on how far you could see to the horizon. So obviously the world exists beyond that, but you've got kind of a viewing distance. Um, and it was just too long. I mean, it, was, it was coming back at um, like 30 minutes to 45 minutes, I, I believe, off the top of my head. And we felt that was just too long a time. It meant that you, you could play a session, and if you were on the worst end of it, you know, you're, you're upwards of an hour before you could potentially see another ship. Um, so based on that data, we went back in and we, we changed things. We pushed out the visibility of the world so you could see a lot further. We made the lights on the ship because there's these little lanterns on the ship that right. you see at night. So you get the gameplay of turning off the lanterns to hide your ship. We made that the, the flames in those lanterns projected a lot further. So at night, you can see a ship from way off in the distance if they've mm. got their lights on. Right. So those are the kinds of changes that um, to your point of you know kind of that density of the experience that's one of the things we're constantly keeping an eye on and we want to do the same with the other elements so you know just to use the examples of the things we've shown already like the storms and the shipwrecks what is the right number of storms what is the right number of shipwrecks because you want to ensure that when people come into this world they're having they're having these different combinations it's not that they have to see them every time but you want you want to see like five cool moments for example within an hour because right. that means you've had a memorable session. So, like, certainly from a design point of view, that, that frequency of having these story points, that is something we are, like, all in on. And we're going to be watching that incessantly and tweaking mm. it with our players throughout the technical alpha and beyond, even as we add more <coughs> features. Exactly. And I think, like, the critical thing to, uh, to understand, right, and we're in the middle of um, planning kind of what the future looks mm. like and stuff for, for Sea of Thieves, is there's kind of four parts of the game at the highest level, right? Mm. There's, there's this emergent game experience that 
is is kind of what people played at, um, at E3 and what people are playing in our alpha, where um, where all of those tools we give players to kind of um, create emergence themselves, all of the moments in the world from storms, from the AI, from shipwrecks, from everything else. There's there is the AI. Um, you know, we've got sharks, we've got skeletons yeah. um, that can battle you on land. They can shoot cannons at your ship and everything. Um, we've got quests. You know, we've got the X marks the spot and a ton of variety within there. We've got the uh, the riddle maps, which are a really kind of really interesting cerebral way to kind mm. of like really mm. make you look at the environment in a different way and mm. use it in a different way um, uh, and then the stuff we're working on at the moment is very much our kind of progression systems and 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 how we wrap um, how we wrap our game and give play players goals to pursue mm. and everything else mm. beyond just what's in the session and so those are kind of the four areas and so I think we're, we're we're in a good place around the game experience. Like it's really fun. We get super high fun ratings from all our players. We get great feedback from from E3 and we from all the streams that we that we had and stuff. Um, you know the the AI is there. We've got land AI. We've got underwater AI. Um, we've got these these cool quests. But we're going to be building in all of those areas. All of those are just going to get richer. Like we've got teams in each of those sections. So you know the team looking at how do we enrich in the AI. How do we put more variety and strategy there? And then different quest types, mm. which players have really different motivations, like people who want to go and take bounties out on stuff and they want to hunt things down, they want to go for that real kind of PvE experience mm. in that in that shared world. Um, but then, like, all of those threads are going to keep growing and then our progression is, is going to, we're going to keep wrapping it around things. As yeah. we bring new quest yeah. types in, we're going to have new things to earn, new things to go after. So, it's all, all of it's going to be constantly growing and evolving. So it's, you're never going to get to a point where it's like, oh, is that it? Mm. Like, oh, I've reached the end of my, <laughs> I never, you know, I've, I've reached the end of, of the quest or I've reached the end of the progression. We're going to be keep growing and adding new things to pursue, new things to earn. You'll have this constantly evolving and growing um, like game that, that, and all of it will feed into that. And we're, we're not quite ready to talk about like what that wrapper for the progression is. Like we know exactly what it is, but everything we've done so far on Sea of Thieves has been kind of show, not tell. And um, right. you know, well, like right. we 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 want to show people and be like, this is the experience. Because like last year at E3, people were like, okay, cool, like that was really fun. But like, what is what CFD? Right. Right. <laughs> right. 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 And, right. and then we right. turn up with that with that walkthrough video, and they're like, ah, I get it. That's what CFD is. Okay, so now what am I pursuing? What's the purpose? What's the purpose? Yeah. Right. That's the question. Mm -hmm. And so and we've we're and that's what that's what we're working on right now. And um, and I think once we've got that piece in place, we've kind of got our game. And our game's just going to keep getting richer and richer in all of those mm. areas. Um, and that's what's so exciting, because we're already getting so many great stories and great fun and great watchable moments and stuff. But it's only going to keep getting richer. And, like, uh, and we've, we've really looked at um, that progression. We never want to block somebody new coming to the game. So, like, let's say Mike's been playing for 100 hours, and I'm new, and I'm his friend. Mm. I'm going to be able to play with him. Yeah. Like, um, like, we're never going to have a block in place that stops that happening. So our design is all about, you know, wherever you come in on this journey uh, of Sea of Thieves, like, you're always going to be welcome. We're not going to design a game that, that means that, like, the player with 1,000 hours is... is you know, ganking or whatever on the <laughs> on yeah. the guy with yeah. with with less. Like, <laughs> that, like we're we're always going to make a game where you can come in at any point and you can start building your legend. You can start be becoming a part of this world. Um, but obviously, there will be rewards for those people that have been there for, for ages, and yeah. they will be the legends of this world, right? Like, um, and but yeah, we we feel, I think, so passionately and so strongly about the plans we have in place for growing this game and for supporting this game for as long as we humanly can basically as long as people are playing we're going to be adding stuff and and kind of running campaigns and doing new things and there's always going to be something a reason to come back a reason to yeah. play again a reason to come mm. and like 
Um, it's not just we're going to put four quests in. We're going to put <laughs> like a hundred hours of progression, and then we're going to you know um, walk off and, yeah. and start working on someone else. That's and not the goal. And I think that's why it's so important to to keep looking at that data as well. Keep looking at the the frequency of encounter between ships, the frequency of mm. coming across these emergent elements, because we're going to be constantly adding these new ingredients to the world and it may be the case maybe very soon where we might feel a bit more comfortable with players going half an hour to 45 minutes before they see another ship because there's so mm. much else that they can come mm. across in the world right. so i think it's something that we'll just constantly assess yeah. as the world exactly. gets richer but for those players that want to go and find other ships they need to have ways of doing that exactly. too right and so exactly. it's all about this balance right, it, right. We, it, and as the game evolves that balance shifts and um, it's what's so fascinating about it, and it's why we've got like a really amazing like business intelligence team mm. here that kind of mm. we, you know they work with us to get data and telemetry, and then we get surveys from our players as well about you know how much fun they're having, how they're um, finding all the new features, um, and we balance all that stuff together mm. and then make changes. Um, uh, yeah, it's super fascinating to kind of see how our assumptions measure up against what actually happens. Yeah. So. And that's why yeah. this is a privileged position where, like, I mean, I've never worked on a game where you're able to to validate like the changes you're making with a real audience before I mean, I mean we feel like we've released but yeah. like before it's kind of like before it, I guess in a traditional sense it's kind of on the shelf like you're getting yeah. to validate tweak and like perfect it as much as you can before mm. it's ever like out out yeah and, it's, and we it's get to do the boring stuff as well about the like concurrency testing and yeah. stuff you know yeah. like we've had 15,000 concurrent players playing the game and, and you know and we feel really confident about scaling that more and more but nice. you know, we, but we had kind of like you know we had teething problems at the start because that's what it was for right we wanted to get those out of the way we like yeah. we, we like we had our plans we like we go and test it and it's like oh okay like because the first couple of tests were fine and we were like hey this yeah. is easy yeah. and then we scaled our audience massively and it just went surprise <laughs> yeah yeah and um, that's what it's for yeah right? but that's but that's part of what this is for too so by the time we do get to that place where we bring the broadest audience in right. we've ironed out we've ironed out any of those kind of holes in the experience you know we've got the balance of of loss right in the game yeah. we've got right. um, you know what what not too punishing we've got players that we've got a support of community we've tested our concurrency so it should in theory and you can quote me on this like come, come, <laughs> come before launch it should be as smooth a kind of rollout um, as possible from you know in all in all of the areas right in right. terms of in community in terms of the experience in terms of the kind of technical um, concurrency side so well, like we yeah. let's let's uh let's talk about the rollout so when when the game finally does release in early 2018 um there will be there will be two consoles and one plat or two platforms uh, that you'll be releasing on uh, the PC, the yep. Xbox One S, yep. and what I like to affectionately call the Xbox One Infinite, which is what it should have been called. <laughs> uh, you know, that, but, you know but, I've never, I've never thought of that. That's actually pretty cool. Yeah. Thank you, that thank you very much. Cool. I like that. Thank yeah. you very oh, no, much. No, don't tell him that to his <laughs> yeah, face. Like oh, God, no. <laughs> um, the, the Xbox One X. So, um, you know, so we, we, we were able to see the Microsoft presser uh, on the stage, and obviously uh, they rolled out the Xbox One X, uh, Phil Spencer did, uh, with uh, Forza Motorsports, which, you know, Forza Motorsports 7, which, of course, everyone knew was going to look and uh, look and play and sound and view amazingly. Um, and then, of course, Crackdown 3 was the big game that's going to release with the console. Um, but, and, and those two games were supposed to be the the true system sellers for the thing that, you know, the, the thing that kind of prove uh, why you should go out and, and get 
get that console, uh, that premium console. But it's you know what? It seems like it's you guys mm-hmm. that are the you know you're the dirty little secret um, <laughs> about you know for for people <laughs> for people to <laughs> you can use that. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but but you know so but seriously, you guys are like this is the game that I think a lot of people are going to turn around you know, this time next year and say, well, you know, Forts is amazing. Crackdown is really good. But I've never really played a game like Sea of Thieves before. And on the on this premium console, it looks and plays so great. What about uh, all of the power that they've put into that beast of a machine? Um, <laughs> have you guys been able to... Um, you know, wrench out for yourselves and really kind of stand back and look at it and say, wow, that really does look pretty <laughs> amazing or it plays amazing or we're able to do we're able to do this other thing that I didn't think that we'd be able to do because uh, we have what I like to call the Xbox One Infinite. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a it's a it's a it's a good question. So like. Like we're in a position, so we've got we've got a number of dev kits in the studio. We got them about six weeks ago, or about six weeks before E3, mm-hmm. and um, we've we've only got a few, and we've got a big batch coming um, for a kind of second round of order because because we're not one of the launch titles. Right. They get mm. all the kits, right? Right. <laughs> and, um, right. Yeah. and so so we've got about six, and we got it running in about up and running in about half a day, um, like super quick, super like like it's so, it's so efficient the way that they've um, engineered that machine and they've engineered everything that's like the developer tools and stuff. So literally got it running in half a day. And we were like, cool, okay, now focus on E3. Um, <laughs> and, uh, like, um, because cause that's, what we've, that's, what we're, that's what's important to us. But, um, and so it's only now, like, we're, we're with our rendering and engineers, and we're kind of going and looking at it and looking at kind of the 4K and looking at um, everything and how we can get it up and running. And, but, like, I think for, for us, for, for Sea of Thieves, um, we're something that, like, our art style and our, and our visual look has always been designed for something that's going to live for years because we've always wanted a game like it so it looked great when we we released our kind of teaser trailer in 2015 um we released our you know showed first gameplay last year and we showed it again this year it's it looked great two years ago it still looks great today um Mm. and like we this painted look we wanted something that was kind of timeless like and our art director ryan stevenson has been at rare for 16 years something like that like and he worked on Viva Piñata back in the day you guys know Viva Piñata right highly highly underrated game highly (laughs) underrated game still looks absolutely gorgeous but that's the thing it still looks gorgeous today right because of the style it's chosen it's still and and so Ryan came into this project with exactly the same vision very different art style but you know he wanted that vision and um, and so we we want something that lives for for as many years as we can continue supporting this game but but not only that like we want to bring it to as many people as possible and so mm. you know we've obviously we've been running our xbox alphas for the last six months um we ran on, we had our first pc alpha about a month before e3 and we're, we're going to be doing another one very soon um i don't think we've announced it quite yet but the, the next one's coming super soon um and like what we're really testing there is how far we can push both the min spec down right in terms of we want to bring this to as many people on pc as possible but also going all the way to the other end we've got a bunch of kind of monster pcs in the studio you yeah. know running uh, in 4k and with unlocked frame rate and everything else and so like we're in a really good position 
in that we've got all of our 4K assets already built, right? <laughs> We're already kind of way ahead of the curve when it comes to Xbox One Infinite. Um, <laughs> uh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, but 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 we do, right? Like we 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 are like we're in a really good position, but it's now. Like we're kind of excited to go and get to grips with it and really yeah. start figuring out what we can do and how we can push yeah. it. But right. and but one of the other things that's really special about Sea of Thieves um, is that probably for the last I don't know um, couple of months, maybe six weeks, um, we've been testing crossplay internally um, oh. across the different platforms. Right. Wow. So yeah, we haven't. What, what's been funny is because we've been running the Xbox and, um, and uh, PC tests separately, so the player bases are separate. But what we've been doing, and what I'm going to be doing tonight in about an hour, um, <laughs> is sneaking in to the Xbox Alpha playtest with everybody at home in our Alpha, and we're going to be on PC. Um, nice. And, and, yeah, and so nobody, <laughs> like, and, but the experience is so suited yeah. to this, yeah. right? Right. It's yeah. so seamless. Yeah, it's yeah. so it's seamless. No like, the first time we played it, I was at home, and I just joined. And I started chatting to a couple of the guys from the studio, and I was on Xbox in my, you know, in my front room at home. And they, and I was like, "Oh yeah, how's it going?" And they were like, "Oh, by the way, we're on PC." I was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> and and, and, I, like, and I, I sent a big email to the studio like late that night, just going like, "How magical it was to, mm. to have this barrier just gone, right?" Right. Um, and and Xbox One X, it brings that again, right? So you can have people on US, you can have people on, sorry, the infinite, sorry about that. Right, hey, um, hey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, but then on, you know, on a high-end PC and on a min-spec PC, yeah. and we, right. you know, we want to be this game that brings all of those players together. Yeah. And so we're, we're testing that in our, um, in our alpha at the moment. And it's, it's obviously, it's our ambition to deliver that. And like, we haven't fully 100% said, yes, we're crossplay, but like, it feels so right. It feels so special for our experience. But I think that's the beauty of, of of all of the um, of all of the devices from PC you know from min spec to high spec to the Xbox One Infinite and the right. um, and the S and but like but and I think it's it's kind of up to the players to choose right as to what do you want to come in on right, right. like um, and and either way you're going to have a great gameplay experience but you're going to have it kind of on your terms right like yeah. it, if it in 4K or is it on this machine yeah. like right. it's but so we're excited to get to grips with that with with the um, you know. Uh, with the infinite, I'm going to keep calling that. Now. Right. Like, <laughs> we're we're, we're going to be in a excited. business meeting. Yeah. <laughs> super excited to get to grips with it, with, with it. But like, but it fits into our family, right? Like yes. the family, right. the, yeah. the, like of all of these devices and all of these players. We don't like. We want to deliver the experience to all of those players, regardless of how you know when they've bought in mm. and how they bought in. Like mm. this, this game should should be a game for for as many people as possible. Um, yeah. And and we'll make it sing in all of uh, on all of those devices, all of those settings. Yeah. Um, it's still going to be the great the great gameplay experience, but it's gonna you know it's gonna look smoother. It's gonna sound. You're gonna have make use yeah. of the audio etc. On, yeah. on those devices, but like it's still going to be a great game experience for whatever you play it on. I think. Yeah, I think it's like the, because we've had the luxury to to see it running on a super beefed up PC, like right. seeing it running in 4K. You know, we've mm. already got a we kind of know what we're in for in terms of it running on the inf infinite we know it's going to be a it's going to look glorious but at the same time like like i'm saying this because i did this again yesterday i'll go play a game at work and because we've got pc and xbox set up at the same time in the same place right. it's easy to get confused between right i'm going to sit down i'm going to play the game i'm going to test the latest feature and then but I just go to pick up the controller, you know. But you can play mouse and keyboard on PC, or you can obviously play with the controller. I'll go pick up the controller, and I think, am I actually playing on PC, or am I playing on the S? And I'll do this thing where I go press the guide button on the controller, 
And if I see the system dash, I'm like, oh, I'm on Xbox. <laughs> but, I, but I do, it's this thing, it's like this ritual I've got now. It's like, I'm, like, I'll like, always get taken aback by how gorgeous it is. Like, you'll catch the game at a certain angle, certain time of day, and be like, oh, my God. Like, can sun I, coming up can I still get surprised by this game? Water, it's yeah. just gorgeous. Mm. And then I'll go press the... The, the guide button and then just like feel a little smug like this game looks great on the S yeah. and it, it's only going to get better for yeah. infinite and well, people have got great PCs well, being, it's, at it's the, awesome. being at the briefing and seeing um, being in the briefing and seeing that like however big that TV screen was like 60 metres or something like right, a 4K right. 60 metre screen was pretty amazing like, oh yeah like, to see, yeah. see if it looked amazing cause, yeah because we captured our um we captured the trailer in 4K, right? And so, right. But that was um, that was on a PC here, and uh, and I hadn't actually seen that that uh, 4K capture of it until I saw it on that massive screen, and it was like, <laughs> whoa! <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, like again, just the sun glinting off like the kind of um, the armor almost of the yes, uh, yes. the yes. Yeah. kind of armor yeah. like oh, thing. Like there was that just a moment in the trailer <laughs> there, like yeah. quite near the start, where she's standing by the edge of the boat, and the sun glints off it, and you got the water and the storm in the distance, and it's like. Yeah, there were there were those breathtaking moments in this game, right? right that, and we spent a lot mm. of time. And I, I know, know I made the, jo- the joke about uh, our kind of great water versus um, <laughs> right. the, 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 the great space of, of Frontier, but we um, we knew that in this game, players are going to be doing quite a lot of looking at the water, uh, right. looking at the horizon, mm. looking at the sky, yeah. looking at the kind of you know the different times of day and stuff. And so, and the clouds, you know, we've, right. we we invested a lot of time in all of those systems. Our clouds are fully 3D objects that move around the world. It's not just a sky dome, right? It's not mm. just sits yeah. these things move because because that storm you can see in the distance, you know, that can move around the world like right. a storm does, right? Yeah. And and so it becomes this kind of. Um, Agile kind of threat in the world, yeah. almost like this um, yeah. um, this protagonist um, of, of, the, <laughs> of, the, of the world. And but we invested so much time in that at the start of the project because we knew that players are going to be spending so much time seeing this that it has to be special. It has to lead to those yeah. breathtaking moments. And like Phil Spencer was always like always going, you've got to open on like the sun. You've got to open on the horizon in the, in that trailer. He's like, that's the moment for me. Like right. you've got to see it. So that you know those first few moments when you're just kind of looking over the side of the ship. Like that's Phil going. Like that's the bit I love. Like show right. that. Show Mm. <laughs> well, I have to say we're we're, we're wrapping it up. Um, and again, like we just we just talked for an hour, and I feel like we only scratched like the smallest <laughs> part of the surface of of this game. Um, again, it was so cool to meet both of you at the show, and you know, we internally were talking about the game and how much fun it is, and how how much we are like dying to get behind the sticks and behind our our, our mouse and keyboard to play this. Mm. Uh, but just having you both on and having the passion that you both are talking about this game and remembering the conversations that I have, I'm so in on this. It's so, <laughs> I'm so excited <laughs> yeah. for what we're going to be able to kind of uh, take on. There's a couple of things that I want because, because the funny thing is, well, first you guys, you guys got to come back on after launch because, because there's so with many a, things. With that we're a, s- definitely. Yeah, we, there's so many things. Unless that we it all didn't goes terribly, and then like, right. oh yeah. I'll say I'm I'll say I'm I'll accept the invite. This all went south. I won't right. turn up. <laughs> I, I think if you I'll say be at home, infinite more than one, more than five times. Yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry. 
Sorry, sorry, we missed sorry. that. Sorry, we were, we were rambling. rambling. <laughs> no, I was, I, was, I was gonna say, I think if you say Xbox Infinite more than five times, then Candyman comes out. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Phil Spencer just but, appears behind us going, it's called the X. Sorry, boss. So, I mean, there's, and, and again, there's like, there's so many things that we didn't even get a chance to, to, to dig mm. into. We didn't get a chance to talk about the kind of history with Rare and, 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 right. and, and all things that you guys are, mm. are doing there. We didn't get a really a chance to talk about the, the mixer integration stuff that I'm hoping will yeah, be yeah. kind of touched in that in that part. And also, it, it will be a disservice. I'm calling it out right now. Aaron Greenberg, I know you listen to the show. It's going to be a disservice if there is not a special edition Xbox One X that is like Sea of Thieves, sea of Thieves themed. They have to do that. They got to do that. They can't not do that. It's too <laughs> dope for them not to do that. So, again, Joe, Mike, thank you so much for coming and hanging out with us in Chicago. Uh, we definitely hope to have you back on with us soon. Uh, and we want to wish you nothing but the best of luck uh, with launch. We know that it's going to be a dope game, um, and everybody in Chicago is going to be definitely super happy and excited to play it. So thank you again for coming on and hanging out with us today. Thank you. Thank oh. you for the kind words. It's been a pleasure, dude. Yeah. Honestly, it's flown by. It yeah. has. Yeah, it feels like 10 yeah. minutes. But yeah. like, we are yes, we are as <laughs> like as excited as you are in a way. Yeah. Yeah, we Very absolutely nice. adore this game, and like we just no, thanks for your support and everything. It's really appreciated. Uh, of course, we want to go ahead. Yeah, and yeah. So I have uh, two questions for you guys. Um, the first is, uh, may I have a special edition of the game called Sea of Thieves with the letter C? <laughs> Just. <laughs> Oh you know, you better get on, see if that gamer tag's available. It's not yeah, too late. Right. Yeah. Tonight, so, tonight. Oh my yeah. God, check. That would be so good. Um, Just check. Yeah, I got my 10 yeah. bucks ready. Um, and, and, and the second is um, we would be remiss if we didn't allow Bricago to reach out to you guys directly via the social medias. Uh, so if you have either your personal social media, the social media account for the uh, for the game or rares or, you know, whatever it is that you guys want to pimp it. Yeah. Well, my personal Twitter is Joe Neat one. So J-O-E-N-E-A-T-E one at Twitter. Oh, sorry. You want to do that? I was going to say the Sea of Thieves one is just at Sea of Thieves. Right. Okay. And cool. that's T-H-I-E. Like, <laughs> yeah, you need really to, should you have need picked a game name Americans. that was easier to spell. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> yeah no, my Twitter handle is at Chappers Chapman. Oh. Yeah. Nice. So, okay. yeah, and but nice. and, and I'd also encourage any any listeners who who um, obviously aren't in our insider program, please yeah. come in and join this community. So, seeifthieves.com yeah. forward slash insider. You know, please come join us, and you know, we we want everyone to have a chance to play. Yep. Um, yeah. Before the release in early 2018, so you know, please, please come in and join us. So we're about to get up out of here. We're going to take a quick break and, and, and flip everything over. If you're in the community, you have to make a sea shanty for the Bricago folks. You need, we need one. Yes. We need a hip hop sea shanty <laughs> before the end of <laughs> before the end of everything. So again, gents, thank you so much. We'll see you here uh, hopefully soon, um, and see if these will be out hopefully. Sooner than that. So, <laughs> peace, everybody. Peace, everybody. We'll be back after the break. Be right back. Awesome. Thank, Thank you. you. Hey, Spawn Army listeners. This is the crew of the Optional Podcast coming to you each week from New York City, where we host a show all about the latest in video games and entertainment. Our podcast is on a mission to highlight more voices of color in games media. We represent those who love the art form but don't fit in with the gamer status quo. So, be sure to check us out at theoptionalpodcast.com. We're available on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Google Play, and YouTube. We're not your typical gaming podcast. This is video game commentary for the rest of us. 
Hey, what up, y'all? This is Macedonia of Radio B-Sots, both sides of the surface, and you are tuned in to Bracago's finest. Khalif Adams, Cicero Holmes, Sharif Jackson. This is the Spawn on Me podcast. Welcome back, everybody. This is the Spawn on Me podcast, episode 178. We have to give a big shout out to the wonderful folks over from the Sea of Thieves team for hanging out with us this week. Joe and Mike, thanks again for rocking with us. That was a lot of fun. They, they, I'm, I'm so telling hyped, you, man, yo. like you said before the break, it really does feel like we only scratched the surface of that mm-hmm. game. And we have so much more stuff to kind of dig into uh, whenever it actually does come out, which, you know, we talked about it after we finished that part of the recording. And we're like super hyped for it. See, what do you, what do you think on that? Oh, yo, I, I mean, I think what I said in the interview is true. I think like this is the game that is going to be the thing that makes people want to have xboxes if they don't have xboxes once they're able to play it uh you know i don't think it it will necessarily make people want to buy xbox one x's or as uh joe and mike like to say xbox one infinites um but 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 uh, like it is a game that you can't you can only play in the microsoft family of consoles and platforms and i think it it is one that will make people stand up and take notice, uh, at least at least from early on. And all the footage that I've seen, everyone has a huge smile on their, on their face. It's just uh, incredible chaos, but uh, un- unbelievable. Yeah, and I like that Microsoft is really, I feel like, putting their marketing and muscle behind it. Um, because I do feel like one thing that <clears throat> I feel like Microsoft and both Sony are both kind of do is that they do have a diverse set of games, but the ones that tend to get the most push in marketing tend to be the same kind of genres over and over again. So I feel like mm-hmm. the fact that this was one of the few games during, you know, during the Microsoft presentation that really got a full gameplay showing really showed that like, they're really kind of doubling down. Like we want this to be successful. And I think that some people kind of need that to go in and buy it. You know, so mm-hmm. yeah, I'm I'm super hyped about it. Um, to uh, obviously I'll be playing on like Windows, but the cross platform, if like right. that rolls through, you know what I'm saying? I'll, I'll be uh, bopping both of y'all on the head with swords. You and I bopping shit. Right. I will be on the other island and I'll be jumping into a cannon, running away from everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to be here. I'm out. I'm gone. Yeah, but yeah. that was super cool. Um, and again, thank you to to the team over there for for you know having having them on the show and and coming on and hanging out with us. And it was interesting recording that early in the morning, too, <laughs> which is a funny thing that a little peek behind the curtain. Um, the other peek behind the curtain is that you know we didn't get a chance to really dig into uh, our feelings about E three kind of on the the back end since we're everybody's home now and everybody's gotten back and settled. Um, we want to kind of get back into talking about that uh, for the rest of this show um, to kind of dig into some of our feels about, you know, everything that went down. And, and you know, Reef was it was his first time going to E3. So I'm sure that there's a lot of a lot of sentiment and a lot of anecdotal stories there that, that we can get into. So I kind of want to give the floor to you, Reef, and, and let you kind of run and say, you know, talk about your feelings and, you know, how was your first E3 and how much do you love me and, and all that good stuff. <laughs> Um, I had a blast. I mean, obviously, this is sort of a uh, bit of a bucket list thing because, you know, ever since I got those sort of magazines when I was a kid and and you get like the winter and summer CES issues that were super thick and sort of had all the, you know, all the latest games in them. 
Um, I got to go to CES about five years ago, but obviously that was after the gaming moved to E3. So I was like, man, I got to go to E3 to kind of check that off that, you know, I went mm. to the spot where I, you know, you know, used to marvel at my EGMs and game pros. And um, so for being a buckleless moment, I think it totally lived up to it. Um, not only the press conferences, you know, that are, they are the big marketing spiels kind of blow your socks off kind of things that you would expect, you know, like it's literally like sitting and watching a movie. Like you're in this huge stadium. The sound is amazing. There's these huge screens and like all that stuff. Um, so I really enjoyed that. Um, and like most events, I really just enjoyed putting names, sorry, putting faces to the names that I've been interacting with on, on a Twitter or those people that I've been following and haven't really had a chance to in, interact with. Um, that was probably one of my favorite parts was, you know, our whole thing, you know, is that, you know, people are people are people and that people make these games, people market like these games and it is like, you know, it's those personal connections um, I feel like I was really able to um, act to act on and make new ones as well, you know. So like that really got me through a lot of the week was like knowing that I can commiserate with, with folks. I can talk to some person in line and like you know, and we could exchange cards and just talk about games and like that kind of stuff. It mm -hmm. I really kind of got that feeling that I used to have of, you know, when like I used to wait online for sort of like, you know, like uh, Apple products and stuff back in the day <laughs> um, where like you just meet a bunch of nerds online and you just start talking about stuff. And, and like right. it, it might end up being, being someone that you hang out with kind of later. So I've, so I've already had a chance to see some of those like relationships kind of like really um, get, get like developed after the conference, after the conference. Cause I've already had a number of, you know, email exchanges and phone calls and like Twitter and like all that stuff. Um, so I loved that part, that, that, that um, part of it. And as far as the actual conference, even though I didn't get to see every game that I wanted to, um, the ones that I did get to see um, really, really impressed by, and I'm not sure if this is because they had, you know, the addition of consumers on the show, but every game I played felt like ready you know mm. what I'm saying? Even the behind the scenes stuff, I didn't see a lot of like super, super alpha stuff, which I was kind of expecting. I was expecting mm. stuff to be a little more glitchy, a, a, like a little more like, you, you know, like a, this is a, a taste of what is it's going to be. Everything felt like, you know, a quote unquote beta, meaning like there were small things, but they were really trying to market these as this is going to be the experience that you're going to have when you, um, play it so like that kind of shocked me you know i was i was really surprised that you know everything i play even the stuff that isn't launching you know like this year um still felt um good so yeah i'm, I'm just super happy man like i'm you know it was a great obviously car to like hang out with like a you as well um you know and yeah it was it, it was just dope i'm still excited about it even though we're you know over a week out i mean um you know it's it's just really 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 dope and it is one of those feelings where like you feel like hey like what we do matters the grind that we've put in um that it pays off you know um and that's good that's a good feeling like regardless of what kind of work that you do so right. yeah right. pretty happy yeah. what was what was uh if I, if i may what was your favorite conference to you know what was the favorite conference experience uh 
and like what was the game that you saw where you were like you were blown away on, on both on both sides of the spectrum there so you mean conference experience like like uh, press the press briefing oh, which press briefing okay. were you like whoa this was this was something um yeah that's that's kind of a tougher question um if i had to pick um i didn't so like you're including the the third parties and everything right yeah yeah um, that that you yeah. personally went to yeah yeah so i, I don't know which yeah yeah I'm so, not sure so which ones you you so, actually got to go so to. i didn't go to ubisoft's but i was right. really blown away by theirs as was um, i as was i but, and yeah. obviously no one went to Devolver, but I was blown away by that blown one. Away by well. that one, right. Um, <laughs> but I'd, I'd say of the ones that I went to, I really, really liked Microsoft's conference. Right. Okay. Um, you know, I was really blown away. I was really blown away by them saying, okay, so y'all want games? All right, here's 40-some games. There's 22 <laughs> right. exclusives. Um, and they actually went out. And, you know, like Phil got out there and, you know, made the case for the X. Uh, Now, I don't think it was the strongest case, but the X is not for my market because I'll be playing everything on the PC. So I was able to kind of like not really, you know, that didn't affect my enjoyment of the conference as much. Mm -hmm. But I thought as far as selling the X, the the, uh, Microsoft gaming brand of, you know, PC, S and the X. They did a phenomenal job um, of really showing the breadth and really, really the diversity of the game space. I thought that they just showed all different kinds of games, you know, and like that was really awesome. So I, I really left that one like, OK, like they like you, you can't say that they don't have games now. Like You might not like the games, but you can't right. say that they don't have that that like they're not making those deals to get like exclusives and to differentiate themselves from uh from uh sony and uh, nintendo so yeah i I was it was pretty dope i guess my question is since you and this is going to be a little bit hard to answer because you never really got a chance to go as a as a civvy as a civilian as a civvy um i guess my question is what was the or were there any unexpected things that you that you kind of experienced having to work the show as opposed to just like kind of going and absorbing stuff. Well, I think what was unexpected and this is something that I've done at other conferences, but I wasn't sure if it would work in this conference Hmm. is if you look like, you know what you're doing, people will believe that that you know what you're doing. (laughs) I'm not saying we don't know what we're doing, but sometimes I didn't necessarily have an appointment. Sometimes I wasn't necessarily on the list, but I went in and, you know, if I went in and presented myself well and like I just said, hey, like, you, you, you know, I'm I'm like here at like a three, they'll just ask for the outlet and like they'll be like, well, OK, you know, I'll, I'll slot you in if there's something there. So I feel like, you know, a lot of the like professionalism and, you know, really, you know, acting like you're supposed to be there, you know, and like mm-hmm. different differentiating yourself from like another person that might be a little hassled or like not really confident and like that kind of stuff that kind of surprised me a bit um because obviously you know these pr people and these marketing people they you know especially at a show with like consumers on it they were probably walked up to all the time like hey like can i see this or like can i, or, like, can I do this? yo let me you know? see it yeah. yeah show me what you got yeah yeah so so um I was surprised by that. I was also, well, actually, no. So my biggest surprise, I would say, was EA Play, which I know is not 
a part of E3 per se. Right, right. But it really felt like almost like PAX like in there mm-hmm. after the press stuff. It was really a celebration and festival for gaming, which, you know, E3 is not, I would say. It's more, you know, it's, it's not really a festival. Um, yeah. But EA Play, EA really has turned their you know, their little section um, into sort of a family-friendly, like, super fan, like, like a people screaming and hollering and having a great time. Now, the lines were crazy if you tried to go at, at like, certain times, but if you got in, um, I was really, really surprised. I, I was definitely a- expecting EA Play to be a little more stiff um, mm. and, like, a little more, like, okay, you sh- okay, you schlubs. Um, <laughs> here's some uh, EA stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's in the game. All right, peace. You know, but <laughs> but but no, there were there were a bunch of devs there having conversations with just random fans that like weren't press, you know, about the game, about mechanics. Of you know, it was it was just really really dope. Like it really felt like you know, it felt like unique compared to anything else I went to at like E3. So I was I was really impressed by like how they tried to. You know, I think personally distance himself from the image of being like the kind of cold, right. huge corporate overlord that doesn't really care about, you know, their fans and like that kind of stuff. So it was dope. Yeah. Um, and, and you know what? Kudos to, e, to EA because uh, so last year at EA Play, when it was right, uh, basically right up the block at LA Live. Um, they only had like four or five games to show: Titanfall Two, Battle uh, Battlefield One, um, the Madden. Uh, they had one kiosk for hockey, and uh, or maybe two, and some stuff for FIFA. And that was that was it. That was all they had. Uh, this year, they had a lot of games on the floor. They had they you know they had double that amount of games yeah. uh, to show and. But, you know, from from going to EA Play last year, I've got to say that there there was a level of excitement there um, and flash and and just kind of uh, pomp and circumstance that was also at E3, but but in a very, very different way. Um, So, yeah, I understand exactly what you're saying, Reef, and and. uh, yeah, they they mm-hmm. with the, with the amount of games that they had, mm-hmm. um, it's that was really nice. It was really cool. Yeah, that, and that you were able to experience that. And to add to that, on the press side, they had this section called the Creators Cave, right. where you know you could go in and you could just sign in and just stream stuff. You nice. know, so I nice. was able to stream Need for Speed and Battlefront Two. Yeah. Um. So like they were really like, hey, like we want to show off what 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 we're doing, even though these games are like early and like that yeah. kind of stuff. So they really kind of trusted, you know, creators, which as we know, some can be very harsh on things. Like they trusted people to go in and log in and you know and and just do stuff. So yeah, I, I think all all around, I was super surprised by um, EA Play in a good way. Yeah. So one of the fun things about going to E3 um, is that you always come home with a story. <laughs> is it you either come home with a story or you come home with, um, you know, a person that you've always wanted to meet, that you got a chance to meet and hang out with or some random kind of, all, you know, one off um, encounter or something you saw. 
Do you have any of those stories, Reef? Because we, we got a chance to talk about some of it and probably lived through some of it together. But I, I don't know what was going on inside your brain when everything was happening. So do you have any any, any of those stories? Anything, anything you want to share? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Abs- absolutely. Um, I met, uh, you know, a uh, somebody in a Mario suit that kept walking through uh, E3. So I met Mario officially. Nice, um, you know. Nice, uh, and, and it was kind of weird because every time he he had walked through, the, there were these people like, "Clear the way for Mario! Clear the way for Mario!" It was like they were like mob enforcers, and I feel like <laughs> if you actually got in the way, like they would just punch you in the face. <laughs> um, but um, no, I, I I think that you know, for me, one of the biggest you know, I was really humbled and really happy to finally meet um, the Gamertag Radio crew. I mean, I've been oh, yeah. I've been following Gamertag for years at this point, um, and I've corresponded with them a lot, um, you know, over social media, email, and the like. Um, so to actually hang out with them, and we hung out quite a bit, you know, and you know, and I was really humbled that they kind of invited me to the CBS studios to record with them as well. Um, that was really really cool because you know they're they're like another great podcast, and you know, and and they're people of like of like color as well. Right. Um, so really getting that energy and like feeling that, um, and seeing how they navigate the show as well, because obviously they got, you know, a little more special treatment than like we did because they've been in the game for a minute. Um, but like, but that didn't mean that they didn't talk to us or didn't like, you know, try to, right. you know, big time people or, 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 or that kind of stuff. They were just cool people, you right. know? So I was really, really happy, um, to, to, uh, meet them. That's, yeah, it's it's funny because it's like now that, now that we've been kind of running in the same circles as GTR crew, it's it, it's really just phenomenal. Their fucking grind, man. Like, yeah, I I love them cats. Like they are family. Yeah. They are brothers, man. Like I, I consider them mentors in a lot of ways to mm-hmm. us. Um, but it is phenomenal and just astounding to see how much quality work they put out during the show. Yeah. Like fifty, like almost fifty episodes. Fifty episodes this year, like fifty in, in a, episodes in a, week. in a week. In a week, it's madness. I yeah. think we had like what, almost what, we had like twenty something, like, like twenty pieces of content that yeah. went out during the week between yeah. video and audio, right? All all together and, and and stuff that C was putting out on 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 the social channels and right. stuff too. So it's like, you know, twenty twenty plus, we'll say, uh, right. to to get out there, but. The, again, the grind that those cats do right. for a three-man team, right? Wow, yeah. it is yeah. really just freaking yeah. uh, phenomenal, yeah. <laughs> man! It's like yeah. they 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 kill it every year. Yeah, they have a plan, they execute, and they knock mm-hmm. it out. So much love to to GTR GTR crew. Right. Um, yeah, and, and it was it was like also really really great to um, you know finally meet Austin Walker. Um, right. and uh, Patrick Klepik as well in person because you know I've talked right to on. them. You know I've been on. Like two podcasts with Austin at this point, um, and we talked a lot. But you know, just to put a name to the face and just hang out, and you know, it's like the same thing with like a G chart, right? I mean, these guys are like you know they work for what is now a major outlet, you know, right. um, you know, but they always had time to just stop and just like say what's up and and just talk shit. Like I never felt like people were being fake or informal. Or like, well, like you're not, you know, I don't need to be talking to you. I could be talking to whoever, right. um, you know. And, you and, got a blue check on Twitter? Yeah, 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 <laughs> ex- exactly. Like I was convinced also that 
there were clones of Austin because I ran into him <laughs> multiple, <laughs> multiple times. Yeah. And I feel like they were all kind of like meeting in like a room like, yo, man, I told you not to go to that party. Man. Right. You know what right. I'm saying? <laughs> I, he was everywhere. A dude was yeah. everywhere. It was one of the. I mean, it's it's bugged out, and I know. See, I want to I want to bring you into the conversation a little bit more too, and, and talk about you know, from it, here's the thing that I really loved, and this I, I think this speaks to to you as a person and to to us as a show, that um, in every spot that we went to, people were like, "Yo, I wish he was here." Yep, and that <laughs> yes. and that and that was super cool. Like Word, that man. was awesome, and they were like, "Damn, I wish he was here too." Yeah. Um, and it, it was it felt really good to know that you know even though you weren't with us uh, physically you you were there with us in spirit and in the internet. I did want to bring a totem with 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 your face on it, <laughs> right? And 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 to have that there and then like put that on every video shoot that we did right. on, the, on the side of the camera. But like, see, he's here with us too, right? Right. But, you know, uh, but what what was your kind of um, your feelings, especially because you, you had gone last year. Right. Uh, unfortunately, you couldn't make it this year. Right. Uh, what, what were your kind of views on 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 the show and, and kind of the coverage and everything uh, that went down this year? Well, I you know I was I was excited for Reef. I you know obviously was disappointed that I wasn't going to be able to be there. You know, again, the three of us have never been in the same place at the same time, and and <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah, at it this is point. it is ridiculous at this point. But knowing how much work. Uh, E3 is, I could only imagine how much we, w- we would have been able to accomplish had mm. the three of us all been there. And, and you know, let's let's earmark it for definitely next year. And, and you know, let's you know, make that make that shit happen. But I was excited for Reef um, only because like like me the year before, I knew what it was like, you know, uh, to have that anticipation to actually get have a chance to go mm-hmm. and and experience that and I would you know I was so happy that he was going to have the chance to experience that because uh you know much like I said last year or much like I said I think when we were talking about uh fans coming in it's you feel like you've paid your dues mm-hmm. and this is the reward for paying your dues mm-hmm. is going there and busting your ass it's you know it's it's almost like you know the nba draft is just just passed it, it's almost like being drafted you know mm. where you feel like man i worked really hard so i could get to this point i've dreamed of this day mm-hmm. you know and 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 i i remember for myself going leaving la live from uh from ea play and walking around, you know, walking up the block and then looking at the west, the South Hall or whatever the, the mm-hmm. that, that spire is where, you know, all the television footage of E3, oh, right. seeing that, you know, seeing that for the very first time and knowing that I'm about to walk in there, mm. it was like the realization of a dream. And, you know, I, I can imagine that's what it's like to be a rookie getting drafted, get, having your name called. And coming up on the stage, but then realizing, oh man, really, my work is just beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so for Reef, I was super excited that he had that opportunity to, to experience that. Um, watching the show, what was interesting was really being able to watch the press conferences from home this year, knowing what they were like the previous year. 
because mm-hmm. the venues were the same. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So like so, you know, so I could really kind of visualize what the experience was going to be like being there. And and as Reef said, uh, he really enjoyed the Microsoft press conference. Um, I would say that it was substance over style. Um, there was there was some style to the Microsoft conference, and I, I really enjoyed it as well. Um, whereas the Sony one was style and no substance. Um, and and for me, I like if if you're just going for bombast and just like uh, just the pomp and and just like everything that E3 is supposed to be, that Sony press conference can't be beat. Cause it is a show, you know, they got dead bodies hanging and they're lighting off fireworks and they're doing all sorts of crazy shit. And you know, the screen looks beautiful. All of that stuff was great. But you know, as I tweeted out while the show was going on, um, the, all the first parties from Sony was like me in high school, no dates, you know, <laughs> shit. <laughs> right. So, how like, long did you have that in your pocket? Oh no, I tweeted that out right away, man. I, but you know, I've been holding on to it because it's, it's my it's my material. I can use it whenever I want. <laughs> um, so, yeah, he'll be here all night. Right, right, exactly. Um, but but like being able to uh, witness that, and then uh, and then on on top of it, so yeah, I was a little sad. That I that I wasn't able to go to E3, be there with with my brothers, but also to see our cousins and mentors, our older cousins in, GT, in the GTR crew, but also the people that we wind up hanging out with, um, and and you know and you and you network with while you're there. Um, but if I couldn't have been there, I, I'm so happy that I was able to stream on Mixer with all the Bracagoans that came. And hung out with me and watched all of the press conferences with me. Um, so that was really dope. And, and that was something that had, had I gone, we wouldn't have been able to do. So I'm, you know, the, 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 you know, making lemonade out of those lemons, um, it was some really good lemonade, um, being able to hang out with the community and watch these, watch the press conferences and, and experience it that way. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, overall, I really enjoyed the show. I think that, um, EA had a great press conference. I think Ubisoft had the, the best press conference. Um, Nintendo did enough to make me think, oh, maybe it's time to think about buying Uh-oh. a switch. Uh-oh. Yeah. 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 Um, that, next that, guy. that, that really, that <laughs> oh, really happened. Fuck that. fuck that. Right. Um, you know, that Mario Odyssey. Wow. Like, it's just. It, like I just had a smile on my face the entire time I was watching it, um, so they got me. Uh, the Xbox One X, day one, as soon as it's available for pre-order, I will pre-order it. Um, and like they did enough, I I understand enough about technology, and I understand enough about what they showed. Um, plus the fact that this box is actually smaller than the Xbox One S. That's nuts. Was was enough for me to say to justify the price my my fear uh, the thing that i'm convinced of is that they didn't do anything to convince the non-xbox fan that they should get an xbox one well actually 
to get an Xbox One S, period, let alone get an Xbox One X. I don't think that they did enough, Microsoft did, to bring new or resistant fans into the fold. Um, and and that I think that's that was their failing. They they definitely did enough, I think, for the Xbox fan that was thinking about it to sell them on the X. Um, but but they needed to do more. Um, and that that part was a little bit disappointing, but, it, you know, but it was it was OK. Um, so so from, you know, from, so from that standpoint, I feel like I came out of I came out of the week saying that I'm willing to spend eight hundred dollars on new consoles. So that's that's kind of crazy. That's good for the industry. That's yeah. super nuts. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. That's good for somebody's wallet. Right, right. It ain't good for mine. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's 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 crazy. It was it was a lot mm-hmm. of it was a lot of work. I mean it's the funny thing is like I still I still don't feel like I've become one of those folks who is like jaded about it. Right. Like I still get You're not Paris. Well, (laughs) maybe. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Maybe, maybe. I I, I don't feel like that. I feel like it's one of those things where it's still just like, I, I can see the work that's ahead of me and realize that it's there. And it's kind of like what, what Reef said about, you know, people being, excited to see you there and also know that when you roll up on people they're like kind of pulling for you yeah. right yeah which which is which is super dope like that mm-hmm. that to me is one of the things that i ran into like ct waters he was like standing in front of the ubisoft booth right uh, he works for ubisoft now and uh i rolled up on him and he gave me the most genuine yo what's up how you doing so happy to see you happy you're here and we had a conversation for like 10 minutes just about random shit. Right. And, you know, and and it's like that throughout the show. Right. Like, you know, we did our interview with, with Dave Lang and Dave Lang, who I love. He, you know, he right. was like genuinely happy to see it. He's like, it was funny because this, this year we did video for the first time. Like, right. really try to do video. And it was great. And it was great. You, you guys, uh, YouTube.com slash Spawn on Me. Look at this shit. Nice. Yeah. Look at this shit. Um, and it was it was really hard. Yeah, <laughs> it's really yeah. hard. Uh, I don't know, like for people who do this kind of work on a regular basis and get out like quality content on a on a consistent basis and get it out fast. I I applaud the shit out of you because yeah. it's really it's really difficult to like make that thing happen in real time while you have to network. Why you have to try to figure out how to do all the other parts that go along with it. And I learned a lot this year, like mm-hmm. just personally as a person who tries to do all the production stuff. I learned so much about like how to get things done. And I'm so excited for next year and for like whatever we do next. Right. Because I'm like, OK, now I have this this tool in my bag that I know how to do things and know how to get it right. Which right. is super fun. Like right. that's the cool part. I think a lot of people don't understand is like, yeah, we do the show every week, and it's interesting, especially when I meet new new podcasters and stuff like that. Um, of being like, oh, okay, they're like, hey, you guys have been doing this for a while. What do you do to make this work or this thing to to make that happen? And I'm just like, a lot of it is trial and error. A lot of it is fucking it up. A lot of it is just trying to figure out what the next steps are going to be. Right. 
But once you have the tool in your tool set, then you're like, you're golden. Right. Like you can totally figure out what the next things are. And it feels like we talked about this behind the scenes of like being on the precipice of something big. Right. And it still feels like that. But now it feels like I'm ready for it. I didn't feel like I was ready for it before. Mm-hmm. And now it feels like right. like we can totally, if we get into the same place at the same time before <laughs> I die. Right. right, right. We can we can really make some really cool shit I happen. Agree. And we have enough people in the gaming spaces who, you know, believe in our work, who are looking out for us and looking looking to help us get into places and to, to get to, to get to stuff and to people that we need that, you know, we don't need business cards now. Which right. feels dope. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's like that's a weird, a huge achievement to feel like, oh, we don't need business cards right now. Well, like, just, we can roll I'm up on enough cats. I'm rocking my business cards. Right. Yeah, you right. are. Yeah. yeah, you are. I love with business your, cards. With your, with your, you yeah. do. With your, with, your Wii, with your Wii character on it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, listen, give me them cards. <laughs> Yo, can, can, uh, can we take a, a moment to talk about some of the games of the show? If I can... Uh, drop a couple of uh, names for, of games on the show. Can you guys give me your uh, opinions or, or uh, hot takes on them? Um, yeah. Okay. So, so from from EA's press conference, uh, one of the first games that they showed, A Way Out, and this game was the co-op, uh, co-op Prison Break. Mm-hmm. That was like forced co-op uh, that, you know, it was like every year they every for like the last three or four years, they've taught it out, uh, taught it out a, a kind of an indie studio. Um, this this particular one was uh, the indie studio studio for this year. And a way out is this prison break game. But it's, you know, couch co-op and, you know, local co-op and uh, online co-op where. You both are working this story, and there are different things that you can do. Um, what I was I was pretty excited about this game because it, it looks very different from the typical EA game. What did you guys think, Reef? What did you What did you think of that? Um, I didn't think it showed super well. I, th- okay. I thought it looked interesting, but the fact that the team behind Brothers, which was one of right. my favorite favorite indie games of all time, which mm-hmm. I thought was excellently written. And really, really is a great example of co-op. That's enough for me to get it, even without okay. even seeing any of it, to be honest. Um, so I'm more interested in that part of it, that, like, it's that team doing another kind of co-op, um, you know, game. So, you know, I, I thought it looked okay, you know. Okay. Um, I definitely like the split-screen kind of right. aspect of it. Um, it's, it's, it's like you're playing that thing, like the – like the intermediate part of like 24 when they show all right, the windows. Right, right, right. Um, which is cool. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll definitely be interested in like picking it up. Um, hope it's not a $60 game. No, I don't, um, I don't think so. I but, think it's, uh, we'll you know, see. yeah. Yeah, I guess we will see because we don't, we really don't know, right? Uh, Kyle, what did you, what did you think of that? I thought I was sneezing when you asked me that question. Right. Um, <laughs> I mean, the, I didn't see. There were a lot of stuff I didn't. Actually right, because you see. were you were flying in during that press conference. So I don't yeah, know I was you've... I was on my way in okay. on a jet plane, right. never to be seen again. Yeah. Um, but did see the like replay of some of the gameplay for it. Yeah, and it's like async. It's like synchronous, multi multi layered uh, uh, couch co op stuff, which right. is kind of cool. Right. 
and I liked what I heard from uh, a conversation. I think I think it might have been Austin Walker or maybe Patrick Klepek that had a conversation about it when they were talking about um, the way that they did the split screen was different in various scenes, which was really cool. Nice. Um, and I thought that was a thing that was going to be the visual differentiator that made that game kind of kind of awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, the brothers game I thought was an was an okay two brothers was it two brothers or just brothers 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 a tale of two, a tale of two yeah. something a tale of two sons a tale of two brothers yeah right um, <laughs> brothers a tale brothers, of brothers yeah with with an as happy and they're singing and their color right, um, right. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah it, it, I I like that game that game was okay so I have confidence that they'll make a they'll make a good story. Um, it is nice to see them get a really cool bump in visual, visual fidelity to yeah. be able to make a new game um, and change the art style a lot. And I, I, I do wonder, though, if it's going to feel weirdly rote after the Uncharted beginning parts to Uncharted 4. Where oh, the prison the, break? And, yeah, right. like, the, like the prison parts that it, were in it, that story. It, oh, I think visually, it looks a lot different than that. Uh, no, it I, looks different, but I'm saying right. like the fact that we've not... It hasn't been... It's been a little bit long uh longer in time since that game came out but it feels like that story has been told enough that uh, you're going to you're going to be looking at well I know I mean that's the way I kind of just yeah. view media anyway I look for holes right okay and it's it's one of those things where sometimes my my brain doesn't let the story tell itself because right. I'm like oh, I saw that coming sure um and I'm I'm hoping that they figure out a way to through the gameplay make those things different that will add the twists and turns that you didn't expect, but it is really cool that you'll be able to kind of go back and then go through the scenarios again. Right. And hopefully switch out either the players or switch up the scenarios and how you tackled them. Right. Uh, to make it, to make it different. Right. So well, the pl- I'm excited for it. It looks cool. Yeah. The players are going to be consistent, but the scenarios will change based on who does what. Right. So, um, another game that was, that came out of EA that I was, um, I was really down on, beforehand um but you know after seeing the gameplay you know kind of switched changed my tune a little was need for speed playback and um i you know i felt like there really wasn't a place uh in the racing arcade racing space for another need for speed game um you know that i felt like uh forza horizon pretty much owns that space and really nobody needs to compete against it because it's just that damn good um, but what they showed for Need for Speed, I thought was really cool. It was it was very Fast and Furious esque. Um, the 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 little gameplay footage that they showed and it and it looked really good. Um, so I'll be interested. I, I don't know if it's going to be a day one purchase for me, um, but but I am I am interested in seeing more of it and and hopefully they can they can maybe change my mind. Reef, did you get to see that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I played it and I sh- oh, oh, okay. streamed it out on Twitch. Yeah, that's right. You did say that. Um, Sorry. I mean, it was fun. You know, it was just super fun. It was definitely Fast and Furious. You know, it was like, a you know, you take out cars and you go near a truck and you do all kind of fancy stuff. Wow. I don't know, though, how often, sorry, how often, but how they'll be able to hold that up over a whole game. Sure. So, so, so they're really going to be challenged to to um, really have a lot of different kind of scenarios because if it's just the same one over and over again um if you're always kind of taking out cars and you're always like you know just like going up to the arrow here then it's going to feel like a call of duty 
kind of game where like you're just doing the same thing over right. and over again. So I think that it's it seems like the kind of game that's perfect for a demo, meaning like you play it a little bit and like that was cool. But if right. they're going to mm. extend this to like you know an eight hour, nine hour, ten hour campaign, you know, which I think they kind of have to do if because this is definitely going to be a sixty dollar title and, and yeah. they seem to be really focusing on the story right um they're really gonna have to be like creative with what it is so um i think it's a game doesn't that it just have to be like neat doesn't have to just be like fast and furious basically though to, to get to get people in and out yeah but it but they want to get people in and keep them in yeah yeah you know, and like that's that's the thing is. Yeah, and like I think because they're not at least they haven't. I mean, obviously it's going to have some kind of multiplayer, but right. that doesn't seem to be the the real strong marketing point. So the story has got to be good, and right. you know, name me a racing game that has a great story. I mean, I can't. Uh, I mean, there hasn't been one. So the last good racing game with a great story was a Need for Speed game. Uh, which one was that? Was it Most Wanted? Oh yeah, most wanted. Yeah, yeah you know, yeah. but I mean, how long ago was that? So, and not even not the reprise of most wanted, the original yeah, I, most wanted. I know, right, you on the, yeah, on the three sixty. Um, another game that came out of EA um, from Bioware, but you know, they showed a lot more on the Xbox uh, on the Xbox stage was Anthem. Um, this is the game um, that was was started by. Uh, started by the guys who were the main studio for Mass Effect, yep. uh, the main people who wrote the story for Mass Effect, Casey Hudson, and, Casey Hudson, and and his team, and Casey wound up leaving, um, but they've still been you know moving on from there, and they showed an eight minute demo of this game, and it basically looks like EA's attempt at their Destiny killer. Um, I was on a show. Uh, the week of E3 where uh, some of the guests that were on the show were really down on it. I'm kind of on the fence about it, but um, I thought it looked great. I thought it looked really, really good. Um, Mm -hmm. What did you guys think? Are you excited about it? Do you want to hear more? Or are you just like, I got my destiny killer It's called destiny. That's, that's (laughs) all. That's all I need. I feel like it was honestly, I think that was the game that, Everyone, once it got on the screen, mm-hmm. everybody who was excited about getting an Xbox One Infinite uh, knew that that was the thing that they wanted to see. Sure. Like that Like that was the thing that hit the big screen and everybody in the room kind of gasped. They were like, oh, shit. Right. And that was that was a cool feeling, right? Uh, and that was my that was my oh shit moment for the <laughs> Xbox conference because I was like, holy crap! I have not seen anything that looks like this before, right? And and it and it played. It looked really cool. And it was this one segment that I that I remember distinctly. And we talked about it in line in the Bethesda booth with Jeff Kanata later. Was there was this one part where they went from in the sky to directly into the, the water. water? Yep, yep. I knew it. I knew that. And I was like, out. "Oh shit!" Right. right. <laughs> like I bugged the right. hell out. I was like, "Yo, that's crazy." Yeah. So, so ahead, the yeah. the thing the thing uh, that I think is interesting for 4K right now is I think 4K is going to be the water showcase. Yep. Like that has been yep. the thing. Across the board, when you're looking at all of these different games, everyone is talking about the water. 
and yeah. how realistic the water looks. Uh, it's gonna be the the it's gonna be the era of the planeteers. It's right, right, right. Wind, exactly. Wind, water, <laughs> right, art, heart, right, earth, exactly. fire. Right, tree, 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 tree. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> human tree. <laughs> um, but yeah, so. Uh, I, I thought, you know, that moment obviously was a, a was a huge standout moment. Reef, what did you think? What did you think of Anthem? Are oh, I, I, I'm super hyped for it, man. I think okay. it looked incredible. Um, I think one thing that it showed was this. I was more excited about the speed of it because when it first starts, like you're kind of walking through a crowd and I was like, right. all right, you're going to go out and run and do some stuff. And then when he dived off the cliff and you see, and you just see how fast it goes right. and, and like, as like Kaz said, that transitioning from air to ground to water, so having those kind of three different levels, um, you know, I, I thought it looked great. Um, if it can do that kind of speed and really be like a 4K, 60 frames a second experience, right. I think that'll really show that the Xbox One X is not to be messed with because right. that game looks incredible. And just having all that detail and the speed that they're showing in the transitions that you can go between the uh, different scenes. I mean, I, I think that this is definitely going to be kind of like the graphical powerhouse, um, you know, to really show off that uh, console. I'm super excited for it. Yeah, well, um, speaking of Xbox, uh, they showed Anthem. Uh, we talked Sea of Thieves. Um, the biggest disappointment I had in all of the press conferences to me outside of Sony not showing dates was was the fact was the crackdown reveal uh the crackdown mm. 3 reveal um just it was Terry Crews for for a, a short period of time and then a sizzle reel there was no gameplay this is the game that is going to be released with the Xbox One X uh the same day this is the game that is supposed to have you know, there's supposed to be a one-to-one attach rate with this game because it's supposed to be the showcase. And this was essentially the last the last time that they were going to be able to show the entire world what this game could do and why people should be excited for it and why they should be buying that game when they buy, when they spend $500 on this box. And I don't think they did anything to show that to people on the stage. Mm-hmm. And that, that worries me, quite frankly. It really, yeah. it really does worry me uh, um, about that about that game. Um, they did show a lot of stuff. Uh, they did show a lot of stuff that was really cool. Um, I think a big, big get for Microsoft was PUBG. Uh, oh, player, that was yeah. huge. Player, that was player, huge. player, player unknowns battlegrounds. Um, the fact that they're going to be able to have that on there, 4K 60. That's a really, really big get. I, I mean, I'm I'm super excited for that. Um, and then, like I said before, and like Reef said, I think Ubisoft knocked it way out of the park this year. Mm-hmm. Um, they they were just they were awesome. They were awesome, yeah. you know, all the way around. Yeah, they did. That. Yeah, that was I forgot all about that. That was that was huge. Yeah, the pub the PUBG get. Yeah. Um, also, oh, I forgot the. Um, the Xbox design team, they debuted some new cool stuff. Right, um, yeah. Uh, and that was awesome. They, new. they kind of revamped their uh, Xbox uh, customized controller right. uh, ordering system. Right. Um, I'm forgetting the actual name. of Design team is the Xbox design team. Yes. Um, 
and that was really cool. Actually, I have a video that needs to go up on YouTube about that. So okay. I, need to po- I need to post that. I forgot all about that. Um, but it, yeah, like that was huge. What else? What else? Let's do the quick, the quick, super quick rundown. Spider Man. Uh, Spider Spider Man was disappointing to me. Spider Man disappointed you? I thought it. Was, I thought it looked dope. Um, it looked dope, but I think it was it was too quick timey. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I I'm kind of I reserve judgment about it, but I trust. Sure. I I think Insomniac's dope. It looked. Mm-hmm. Great, but I mean, it looked good, but not great, I guess, to me. Like, it looked mm-hmm. very um, Archimy, which is not a bad mm-hmm. thing, but right. that's been done really, really well. Right. So, you know, we'll have to see if they can right. match or surpass that. But but the, fa- yeah. the fact that I think, uh, you know, I trust Insomniac 1, to The other thing is the fact that this game is a console exclusive is, a, is yeah. another, is a, a bigger get than PUBG. Oh, absolutely! Yeah, yeah. absolutely. You know, because it's Spider. I don't know about that. Oh, it's, it's Spider-Man. Yeah. It's Spider-Man. I mean, Homecoming I don't, I don't is about know. to come out. The movie. Yeah, it's, it's, it's. I don't. I don't. I think PUBG, in terms of like a lot of people are going to buy the Spider-Man game. I think there's way. I think there's way more ability to be disappointed by that game than PUBG. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, I mean, PUBG is a known commodity, right? Right. So, I don't really so, think it's but, a. I still think it's a pretty niche game. Mm-hmm. I think I, it's big in certain gamer spaces, but I don't think the average right. gamer knows about Battleground, right. knows right. about that. But Spider-Man, obviously, right. enormous brand, and the MCU, even though it's not an MCU game, right. I think people are going to be excited about right. you know about it since Marvel is all over the yeah. Bitsy, news and stuff right now. Bitsy is not uh, buying Chad PUBG, little Chad PUBG for uh, Christmas. But she will be buying Spider Man for Christmas. <laughs> that's how that's how are. that's how Bitsy rolls. Bitsy Bitsy be rocking. Um, uh, yeah, the, oh, man, that's craziness. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know if there were that. It was that. Uh, I'm trying to think if there were any other quick things that Beyond Good and Evil Two. Yeah, that was huge. Yeah, that yeah. Uh, Shadow of Colossus. Was yeah, huge. that's probably yeah. the biggest surprise to me was Beyond Good and Evil Two. Yeah, I, I wasn't I, surprised by that. Yeah, I was super. Uh, I was very happy and super surprised. Yeah, yeah, I was. I was pleasantly surprised. Well, I I kind of called it at the beginning of the of that uh, trailer, but uh, mm-hmm. but I I mean I, honestly, from beginning to end, I thought Ubisoft's press conference was was just phenomenal. Um, yeah. The only thing that was missing from Ubisoft's press conference was Aisha Tyler. <laughs> Hashtag free Aisha Tyler. Um, Aisha, if you want to talk about how you weren't on the Ubisoft uh, stage, <laughs> Aisha's dealing with some please, things, man. She's please come, things. please come to Bracago. Oh my and, god! And talk, talk Speak, about speaking those. of dealing with some, dealing with some things, I think some of my favorite. Before we get up out of here, some of my favorite memorable moments were um, getting to introduce Reef to folks like Jose Otero. Oh yes. And like sitting in the W and getting to see Hazy Rome come through yeah, was, oh, for word. the first time, his first E three as well for the BGB. Um, getting to see, Charles. getting to have my wife at E three. Oh that yeah, was cool. That was really uh, cool. Yeah. Getting to have her there so she could see me chop it up, and be a big baller, shot caller, brawler. That was not what happened that at was all. Not no. what happened. We were we were both looking at our bank accounts like fuck. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, seeing uh, uh, Shuhei walk down the street drunk at two o'clock in the morning was phenomenal. <laughs> that was pretty cool. That was that was fucking amazing. Twice, twice in one week, it was so cool. I, I wanted to help him out so he can like give me all the secrets. 
Like, let me help you back. Let me help you back to your hotel, and then you tell me what about the PS Five coming. What else? What else did we see? Well, who else did we see? Well, I was, uh, you know, well, uh, I would say shout out to uh, Sterling for uh, meeting up with us for uh, for a drink. You know, he was Sterling kind of escaping McCarvey. the madness of uh, E Three. Um, <laughs> and I would say one thing that really, really got me excited about the show was I was really excited to see like Nintendo really put their best foot forward and really deliver a consistent lineup of games for the rest of the year. I mean, that's really been their big Mm -hmm. downfall is like having these really highly rated games that came out, you know, four or five months apart, but pretty much every month since they've launched until the middle, the early 2018, like they got stuff, you know, and like big name stuff. So I was, I, mm-hmm. I was really excited because, like, they really are, like, I think they're being a little, well, a lot less hesitant like than they were with, like, the Wii U. And, you know, obviously super excited about Odyssey and the Mario Rabbids was really, really fun. Um, you know, I've, like, had about a week and a half with, like, ARMS and, like, how that game is dope. Um, so, yeah, I've, I have a lot that I'm looking forward to. Really, really happy Switch owner at this point. And I heard a lot of people, like, yo, I might actually buy a Switch. You know, yeah. so like I think during the holidays, I think that they're they're really going to mop up. So, so. So, yeah, that was I was really excited. And I I definitely left E3 feeling more positive about Nintendo's upcoming lineup than I have in like years. So, yeah, yeah it was, it was that was like definitely definitely left a big impression on me. Oh, you know what? One thing we did not I think we did not actually hit that we need to hit is. Uh, just the show. We didn't really talk about the, the, all the actual human beings that got into the show this year. All the all the non press. <laughs> we didn't really even get to talk about that. Uh, we should we should hit it before we get up out of here. I, I my one and my one message for the ESA is I would really love it if you either made a press day, made two press days or a press day for all of us to get work done, or you adopt the packs enforcer system and have people on the floor just being people movers because that was the thing that was the most frustrating was just getting people in places out of places because yeah you go to the show to go look at things and for the for the press folks the things we need to look at are behind a door you know what i mean like they're not they're not on the show floor um so like open up kencha hall <laughs> let all the press people have stuff in kencha hall and block it off for people or or find a press day or get some packs kind of enforcers to like help move people along um reef any anything to add on that yeah i agree i mean they need to do something i mean I, I i think it was great that the public was there i think it added like a energy i mean obviously this was my first one but i heard a lot of people saying like yeah like i felt like you know more excitement because there were people there that were you know actually fans, but they just did nothing. They just added 15,000 people and did nothing to actually <laughs> accommodate that. So they have yeah. to have to either, you know, either do like I kind of said, like the press day or say like whatever press is 10 to two and you guys are three right. to seven or that was something. the, that something. was Pactor's Pactor on GTR suggested half, half day press and then the other half open to the public. Yeah, well, mm. well he bit it off me. Um, oh, okay. All right. You know, um, but, <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah, they have to do something. I'm pretty sure that they're getting all kinds of feedback from, like, developers that didn't even know 
you know, how to set up their booths because they didn't get clear direction from the, you know, you know, from from the people on top. So they have to do something so that everybody can have a great experience. Because I do believe that if the public isn't there, that E3 is probably going to die. So they kind of need that money and they need that, uh, that, that like attention. So they just need to handle it better, a lot better. Yeah. They, and, and you can see that some of the companies were expecting that and did things accordingly to try to, you know, ingratiate themselves to the fans like Bethesda land. Yeah. Right. Which was super cool. Yeah. And Ribs. I want Bethesda, Bethesda always goes all out, but it was super cool what they did this year. I mean, the, the actual press conference to get into it was a fire hazard and I'm sure people <laughs> almost died. <laughs> but Like legitimately people probably could have died in there and that was not a good look on Bethesda's part. But, uh, and, and giving free liquor to people who, didn't necessarily know how to handle that liquor. Uh, there was one dude who was walking. He went to go get something to drink. And he just straight threw up on himself and kept walking. <laughs> it was the realest shit I've ever seen in my life. He was like, hey, and then just kept it moving. Well, it was fucking crazy. Uh, I was dope. like, what? Uh, that's dope. I was that's like, dope. that's when you let the public in sometimes. Yeah. Actually. Uh, if you did go to E3 as a person and you were not in the press and you were part of our, our Bricago family, let us know what your experiences were. We want to know. So, you know, shoot us an email, which he will give you uh, the information for in a second. But we want to know what your experiences were if you went to E3 uh, for your first time, yeah. um, because it's really interesting to know uh, what you were thinking when you were running around dodging, throwing up people. <laughs> <laughs> and stuff like that. So let, let us know uh, what that is, and uh, we'll read we'll read that stuff on the show. Right. Cool. So, any last words, see before we get up out of nah, here? No, man. Let's get up out of here. Word. Hit a pito. Hit hit the hit the Social social media. Social business. Social media. Social media businesses as follows. You want to follow us on Twitter? Go to twitter.com at spawn on me or twitter.com slash spawn on me or at spawn on me. If you want to follow us individually, you can find all of our info in the bio. Check us out esn.fm slash spawn on me. Or spawnon.me. Those are our homepages where you can find this episode and all of our previous episodes, all of our archives, all the stuff that we did during E3. All of that stuff is there. Go and check it out there. Uh, check us out on iTunes and NPR One and Overcast, Player FM, uh, and whatever your favorite podcatcher is. If it's a place where you can rate and review, please do so. Um, it is important and obviously subscribe and obviously tell your friends. Um, and if like Ka said, you went to E3 and you have some stories or, uh, it was your first time when you went as a fan, uh, please let us know. Send us an email at spawn on me podcast at gmail.com. I hate when you do that last little twinge. It just is gross. Ew. Ew. I feel like you're digging in my pocket and putting yes. public clearinghouse checks That's in my That's right. My, That's right. My, my, my um, book bag. Anyway, uh, thank you, everybody, for listening this week and every week. We love you all. We have some cool stuff to, to hopefully announce soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're working on a lot of things behind the scenes to bring uh, doper things to you. Right. Um, and bring uh, more Bricago to you in more different various ways. Uh, so, again, thanks to y'all. Uh, we will see you all next week. Peace. Peace.